All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Good to be back with you once again. Hope you're having a wonderful Friday, wherever you are. It's the 8th of September, 2023. And uh, we've had an inter interesting couple of weeks here, uh, of course, going after the ADL in a hard way. And we're going to continue to do that today. And people might, out there might be like, when are you going to talk about this again? But the reality is, this is uh, an extremely important topic, right? We're talking about an unelected organization, a pressure group that uh, pushes NGOs. We can have some of our guests in the background. We'll, we'll introduce them in a moment. Uh, pushes NGOs politicians, lawmakers, they're even pushing countries, threatening economies, they're going after other groups and individuals, uh, coercion, blackmailing them to basically bow down or be censored, be banned, debanked, etc. Uh, it's really one of the preeminent organizations when it comes to, uh, you know, being an enemy of uh, freedom of expression, free speech, you know, it's a pro-censorship organization. And there's a lot more to it as well. We'll get to that in a little bit here. But uh, anyway, guys, uh, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We are uh, going to uh, do two guest hosts uh, today to actually help that uh, break that down, essentially. Uh, first, we have uh, Lucas Gage. Welcome back. It was a while ago. We, of course, we had you under a different name when we had you uh, last time here, Lucas. <laughs> yes. Angelo. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes, that is correct. So for those of your audience that remembers uh, my former name, Angelo John Gage, it's actually legally changed to Lucas Gage. And the story simply is this. You know, I at one point, a few like a while back, I just snapped. I was like, you know what? This is killing me, this activism and being on gas. Because I got banned off everything. You remember the whole, like, probably ADL and friends did that, too. Probably. So I got off everything. Yeah. Was on Gab. And Gab's great, but it's really kind of like an echo chamber of people just talking. And, you know, I'm not trying to put it down. It's a good service. But it's like I'm just sitting there vomiting how upset I am with everyone and the world and everything. And, and my wife was like, you know. Alexander's like, why is daddy always upset? And it kind of really, that like struck me. I'm like, you know, there's something, I got to get away from this. I never took a break from activism. You know, I, I was in the war. I came out and I started truth seeking right after. So I never had time to myself and I started realizing it was affecting my family. So the plan was Henrik was to just quit. And then I said, let me change my name. I rewrote my book. I, I, I edited out some stuff and I rechanged it. I said, Lucas Gage is a cool name. So I made that my book. Uh, you know, what do you call it? The pseudonym or whatever. And I was like, why don't I just change my name to that? That's a pretty badass name, you know, because Angelo John Gage, when you look that up, it's God, it's destroyed. There's no way. I didn't <laughs> want to go to school like your father said this. And I'm not hiding. I didn't get surgery or anything like that. I didn't like change and I, you know, I didn't move out of town or something. I just had this like epiphany that I was so full of anger, hatred, frustration, and it was eating me alive. So I you know, took a break. I did like some Zen Buddhist, Taoism, all this stuff like meditation. And I snapped out of it and I, and I flipped that anger and hate to love. And I don't mean like hippie love. I mean like, uh, I love, I could operate in this frequency, if you will, rather than the anger, which can drain you. So I'm going to do the same thing, but with a, a, a force that empowers you rather than drains you and makes you upset. So I switched my name. And I was like, all right, this is going well. I'm going to write books and do like self-help content and stuff like that. And then the Ukraine war started. Back <laughs> there, like, oh God. And I looked who's behind. I'm like, no, no, I can't. I, there's no, I have to say Newland, something. Newland, Blinken, right, uh, Sullivan, yeah, you know, here, yeah, Kagan, yeah, here we go. All these, oh, shit. All these Irish people are behind <laughs> But I was like, damn it. And I'm sitting there like, no, I got to say something. And I was talking to my friend, Maram, a partisan girl. I said, Mimi, I'm going to make a video. And she's like, are you sure you're going to put this out there for me? She's like, yeah, I'll do it. He's like, you know, it's going to happen. I said, yeah, it's going to go viral, isn't it? She goes, yep. And I and it went viral and it got the attention of Redacted and all these other channels and it just blew up. And then here I am back in the scene and I'm like, all right. And I told my wife, she's like, look, do what you have to do. You know, I said, okay. And I didn't want to ruin my new name, but I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> you can do it again. It is, right? 
Hey, yeah. you can do it again. <laughs> no, but at least I'm doing it right this time. I'm, I'm yeah. not angry. I'm not being stupid. No, I, I think you're right. You get, and it's you have working. To, it's you have working. To, you have so, to work on yeah. your mentality. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, of course. All right. We also have Sam Parker with us. Uh, say hi, Sam. Good to uh, first time How's on the show. How's everybody doing? Good to see Thanks you, for man. having me on, Henrik. Really appreciate it. I'm excited to, to be on first time. Fantastic. And, uh, you know, let's go. Let's go. That's right. And, of course, you ran, just to quickly introduce you here a little bit, let's show your Twitter page. You ran for uh, U.S. Senate for Utah. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, I ran against Mitt Romney in 2018 when it looked like, uh, you know, Orrin Hatch was going to step down finally after about 50 bazillion years. Uh, it looked like, you know, he, he was going to just appoint, uh, practically appoint uh, Mitt Romney, and Mitt Romney was just going to be crowned, you know, the the king senator of utah and i was and i there were some other people i tried uh tried to get to run uh nobody really wanted to um jump into those waters and run against the the mitt romney juggernaut so i said well if nobody else will yeah i will because i didn't believe in what he stood for in many of the cases i didn't uh you know i, I thought he had a lot of bad takes a lot of bad positions and i didn't particularly like the way he sandbagged uh his pres his own presidential campaign or the trump campaign uh, or Republicans and conservatives in general. It just always yeah. seems to, at the most inopportune moments, just bury the knife in your in our back, you know, or something. <laughs> to, 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 to be quite honest, so I was, I, I just uh, I decided I'd run, and, and I went full full throttle uh, and helped dictate uh, some of the talking points of, of the early campaign in Utah. There, uh, people had to. Uh, we made him have to adjust his website. Even originally, his website was nothing but a fundraising page. And I said, shouldn't shouldn't Mitt Romney have to tell us what his positions are and a few things, so that you know when if he gets elected, you know we we'll, we have some we have some uh, policy promises to measure his success by and hold him accountable to. And people started talking about it. And uh, pretty soon after a week or two, his website was updated with some basic positional statements. So, like you know, I, I lost. Et cetera. Yeah, I, I, I lost, <laughs> as, as one might expect. But, you know, I was able to affect the conversation and 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 be relevant to that race. So I'm pretty proud of that. I think it's worth it. You've stirred the pot a little bit and, you know, even anger some people or, or at least ruffle some yeah. feathers. I think it's uh, it's definitely good to do it. You know what I mean? Uh, all right. Uh, so we're obviously, again, the main topic here will be ADL. I just want to clear a couple of things off first. Uh, guys, last time we had Kevin McDonald's, I, I realized I had to create two Odyssey pages because uh, the first one didn't start or pages, but, you know, uh, live stream uh, instances, whatever you call it. And so I lost some of your super chat, so I apologize for that. Uh, but if you do want to join us here for that today, if you have any questions for the guests or if you have any comments or whatever, you can super chat entropyseam.live slash TV. That should be up and running. Uh, you can also do it on Odyssey and uh, Rumble, of course. I see a couple of ones over there. Let's take those real quick. Uh, before we get going, Peg and Bear says, I will have to catch the replay. Support what you like, everyone. Thank you. Also from uh, Spiteful Mutant says, uh, WFP. Uh, there you go. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Okay. So, gentlemen, we have to just, I mean, overview, overview. We've talked about this for a couple of weeks now, right, in terms of what's going on. It's a very, very important topic, as I said, because this group has been so instrumental in getting so many people banned, so many organizations. As I said in the intro, they've gone after countries even. Uh, they're going after businesses. They pressure NGOs. They pressure politicians, lawmakers. Now they're setting up global institutions and all that kind of stuff. Uh, just, maybe just quickly uh, tell us, guys, we can begin with you, Lucas. Why did you jump on this specific, of course, the hashtag ban the ADL, right? That got trending. Keith Woods did great work. I think he initiated that. Uh, and, of course, tons of people joined in. And this thing was trending for days and days. And we're talking about like hundreds of thousands of tweets. I don't think there was anything like that um, over the last few days, if, if, even since then, to be honest. Uh, but, Lucas, why is this important? 
Well, legend has it that uh, Keith Wood started this, and then he somehow asked me to join in, and I said, okay, I'll help out. And then people were looking at what I was writing, and then Jake Shields saw what I was writing and pissed him off, and then he started retweeting, and then Elijah said, and then Sam jumped in. So a lot of people down the chain, this is a legend, though. I can't confirm it to be true. You know, The thing is, this is everyone's move, right? This is something that is organic, and as you said, everyone jumped on board because literally everyone is sick of the ADL. And even the bigger accounts, like even the con grifter types, you know, the bigger, they were just waiting to see if it was safe enough. You see, that's what I think. So those of us from the ground up, we pushed it and, you know, they're even sick of it too. I mean, they got affected. Everyone's affected. All the channels on YouTube, they got nuked. You know, people lost their accounts. People lost their banks, their PayPal's, you name it. So virtually every content creator has been affected, whether they were banned or had to censor themselves and not discuss COVID. I saw people saying, oh, the C word instead of COVID, like things like this is because of the ADL, the CDC, and all the WHO, and all these organizations that are unelected. They all work together, by the way. So, you know, I jumped on board. You know, we all jumped on board, Sam, everyone, and we just started blasting it, and then just caught on because it's not that we pushed it on people. People wanted to do it. It's it like was organic. Yeah, it was grassroots exactly. and organic, yeah, to be honest. Right, and, and, they're, and they're trying to pin it on people and this, and, and, and they yeah. want that enemy. Oh, it's the GDLs, uh, Nazi marchers, and that's, of course, but it's too late for that. It's too big. And they're calling everyone white supremacists, but there's every person from every group pushing it. It's not just Indian people, Asian, Jewish people, some Jewish people as well, believe it or not. So it's not just, uh, you know, this uh, white supremacist uh, conspiracy theory hashtag. It's literally the people of X saying, no, we want Elon's platform to be what he wants it to be. We don't want the ADL to determine what it should be because we're just tired of it. So that's 100% how it worked out it's organic and again we're just we're still going it's just it was it was peaked at one point and then it just went away that's what was weird it was yeah. i think what was it what was it sam the second of the september was maximum and then it just vanished it, i i was i stayed up all night the first night it trended i i was i you know as lucas said as legend has it keith wood started it and and might have reached out to me uh with a hashtag and 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 then within about 30 seconds maybe lucas had as well and he's like just to start throwing everything you got and i went into my folder and i started making a thread that i think has uh maybe hundreds of thousands or millions of impressions within an hour and a half we had it trending and uh, i stayed up all that night and at about 4 a.m i'm on pacific time 4 a.m pacific time all of a sudden it disappeared from the tre- from the trending list uh even though it was surging massively, I was keeping track every 15 or 20 minutes of the number of tweets uh, that were being sent out under the hashtag ban the ADL. And at about 4 a.m., it just disappeared off the list. But it continued to surge. And several hours after that, Elon Musk, of course, as everybody knows, finally responded to Keith Woods, uh, to one of Keith Woods' uh, original tweets from the night before. And and like Lucas said, this was truly grassroots. There were no hardly any major accounts. There were a few, Jake Shields, Elijah Schaefer, Laura Loomer. There were a, a few large accounts that had jumped on this early on, uh, but virtually all the rest of the, the major right wing was, was dead silent. It wasn't until after Elon acknowledged us, acknowledged our frustration that was shared by hundreds of thousands of tweeters, hundreds of thousands, uh, that they finally jumped in. Now, Elon responded to us. When he responded to us, we were at about 60,000 tweets trending. Uh, and all told, uh, the last, I, I did a, I did a, a hashtag uh, report uh, on Saturday, last Saturday, and we were at 256,000 tweets. And, you know, how many more hundreds of thousands of times has Ban the ADL been, uh, been tweeted since last Saturday? I don't know, but it hasn't trended since then. I think it's pretty clear that 
elements somewhere somewhere in that in the in the Twitter food chain uh, turn it off. Uh, but it didn't stop us because all week there have been multiple Twitter spaces. Some of the biggest Twitter spaces on Twitter have been talking about this. It's it's reached into all cor corners of media. Uh, and it's truly grassroots. As Lucas said, the ground is fertile. This The ADL censorship is hurting everybody on Twitter. Everybody on Twitter is tired of it. And I have not, frankly, I have not seen Twitter this united around a topic since Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Yeah, I was saying since Trump or something, to be honest, like, yeah. whoa, it's actually pushing in one direction, which is interesting. You know, I mean, yeah. and even, you know, even if they and we'll, you know, we'll discuss this with more detail maybe later as well. But like, even if the lawsuit doesn't go ahead or it doesn't go anywhere, blah, blah, blah. It's still, a, 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 I mean, obviously a net positive that this is getting. This would never have happened 10 years ago, guys. Right. Hey, by the way, since I'm uh, I'm a name change person, I'm very sensitive to dead naming. So it's X. <laughs> it's, X. it's X. All right. Don't I, dead I name. I can't, get, <laughs> I can't get past it. What do you do? You say, you, I, I'm going to X a little bit on X. I don't know. I just. I don't know. I think it's just repost now, right? What is, is it? Uh, yeah, repost. It, I, I, I refuse. I'm a holdout. I'm still calling it tweet and retweet. Sorry, yeah. post is the platform formerly yeah. known as Twitter. How about that? Yeah. You could have just called it Twix. <laughs> Twix. Twix. Yeah. Twix for Trump's. Trump's yeah. Twi Twix account is back. Uh, no, but I mean, t yeah, 10 years ago, I don't think that we would have seen that there's certain, you know, it's moving in a direction here, which is, of course, highly encouraging. And it's late in the game. I mean, look at how much damage uh, an ADL. Uh, and SPLC, et cetera, and so many other of these pressure groups uh, that they have done, right? But I think Charlotte Kirk joined in on it, and then he deleted it. Uh, he was one of the only kind of primarily Con Inc. Uh, people I saw that, that, that joined in on it. Maybe there were others. Maybe I missed that, so, so I shouldn't maybe uh, uh, talk down to anybody well, else. Well, Henrik, but I, I, can, I can speak to that. A couple, I think it was an hour or two or three after Elon first tweeted about it, Charlie Kirk finally weighed in. His initial tweet referenced uh, anti-white. Truthfully, uh, the ADL is an anti-white hate group. Exactly. Yeah. But after about ten or eleven minutes, he deleted it and rewrote his tweet and eliminated the anti-white part, which Boo. really ruffled, ruffled some feathers. Yeah. But that was his initial. That was his initial take. Absolutely. Wow. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I have a lot of clips here. We might we might not play all of them. We'll see what we, how we do here. But let's just let's just begin with some of the some of the lies here from Jonathan Greenblatt, who of course heads up the uh, the ADL here. Now, when all this started. Uh, yeah, this goes back, obviously, to when, when uh, Elon Musk bought the platform, $44 billion, and here's a group coming along telling him what he can and can't do, essentially, on his platform. And then, unfortunately, uh, really, one of the things that started all this, I'd say, is when uh, World Economic Forum woman, Linda Yaccarino, uh, I'm not sure if she invited Jonathan Greenblatt or if he invited himself, probably the latter, but who knows. And then they had a little bit of a meeting. And he told her what works and what doesn't work on the platform. He tweeted about it. Uh, you couldn't reply to his tweets, which you normally could do. Uh, and that really kind of started that uh, that shitstorm, to be honest, if you ask me. Uh, but so th they've been in damage control ever since. Uh, it's tremendous. He He's calling up all the media companies like, you know, just like he threatened with Iceland with the circumcision ban. We'll talk about that later. And he's just like, I need to come on your show right now. And he went on MSNBC, a squawk box on CNB CNBC, uh, uh, what is it? a few other shows. I can't even remember all of them now. Uh, but anyway, so, so here he is talking about how, no, 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 we did. We weren't saying that he, uh, the ADL wasn't promoting anything about going after the advertisers on X or uh, formerly known as Twitter. Listen to this here. How out there are you? publicly and behind the scenes, talking to advertisers and telling them do not advertise on this platform. Are you doing that? We are not out there 
publicly or privately talking to advertisers. They will make the decisions that they want to. Frankly, it's true. We did call for a pause back in November right. after the acquisition. Oh, and then paused. since then, huh. since that initial statement, what we are doing is engaging with the management of the company, trying to help them make it better. That's right. We're just trying to improve it for them. There, there we go. And obviously, you know, as I've shown on the screen here now, Jonathan at the ADL kicked off a massive Twitter ex-boycott campaign less than a week after the acquisition closed. Uh, literally nothing has changed about this. Well, there are a couple of things. It's first approved for, for a little bit at least. Uh, U.S. revenue is still down 60% from that campaign, but slowly improving. Uh, these, these are threats, ladies and gentlemen. This is going after a company, a person, an individual, whatever it is. This is how they run their uh, business over there. Basically saying, you do what we tell you, or we will financially cripple you. This is, what, torturous interference at the base minimum. This is, in, you know, getting involved in the financial uh, aspects of another corporation. Uh, I would love if this became out in the open, if there is a lawsuit, and we can actually see some of the files for this back and forth, or see what was, if there's any communication on the back end. But, I mean, guys, what do you say? Are you surprised? I mean, obviously, Jonathan, hair-splitting with, like... No, no, we just we started a campaign, but they can, but the corporations can voluntarily, you know, take part in this boycott essentially if they want to or not, right? Isn't that what he did? This is essentially a mafia mob organization. They operate like a mob. Uh, this is it's like you opened a, you're the new business owner on the block, and your first week in business, uh, the local protection racket shows up and and smashes a few tables and breaks a window and says, hey, you know. Uh, you need to uh, start chipping in. You know, you're the new guy. Uh, fall in line, or else you know we'll burn your place down. I mean, that's 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 what this amounted to, in my opinion. I don't know, Lucas. What do you think? Yeah, it's essentially that. The, it, 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 first of all, the ADL is literally a criminal organization. Yeah. We have shown many times on our on our uh, hashtag all the things they've done from spying espionage for the state of Israel to literally staging neo-Nazi marches when they're doing it. And then even the counter protest. So it's not just one March, they do both. It's incredible what they've gone uh, and done to just increase this, you know, ever expanding and ever increasing anti-Semitism that never goes away. And, uh, yeah, that that's ba there. It's basically extortion. I looked up the definition of extortion. It's not just financial. It's also psychological because the ADL gets something out of it. You see, so they'll say, look, you know, and look what happened to Facebook, by the way, people, I don't know if they remember the ADL, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, to his credit, uh, to, to his credit there was like, yeah, you know, Holocaust denial sucks and it's bad, but you know, we believe in free speech. So if people want to get it wrong, that's fine on Facebook. And Greenblatt was like, no, it's not. It took like Here's one week for that to yeah, change. Once, yeah. so, so basically Greenblatt called a bunch of people, including the NACP. It was about like 230 companies joined in this boycott. And within a week, the the I think the market cap or whatever it's called, their stock dropped like 8%, their value, 8% in a week. And Zuckerberg just cucked right there. And then he signed everything. And next thing you know, the uh, terms of agree uh, the terms of service or community guidelines matched exactly what the ADL wanted, and that's not a coincidence. So that's what they've done to Zuckerberg, a fellow Jew, by the way. So they don't care who it is; it could be anyone. It could be Jew, Gentile, it doesn't matter. They want a specific narrative their way, and they don't care. They just keep saying, "We want to help you. We want to reduce this." No, they want you to control things. That's what the ADL does, and they do it with this extortion racket type thing, where they just, like Sam said, it's like a, it's like a, you know, they come, hey, you know, God, be ashamed if uh, it's like lovely bakery you have here. Yep. Be ashamed if it just 
burst into flames in one day. Exactly. That's <laughs> it. Absolutely. Hundred percent. But but you know, but we're just we're just helping. This is with the legalese and sloganeering and and this aspect that they have. You know, the mainstream media on on quick dial. They can just go on any show at any point. They can just snap their fingers essentially. I mean, they're. I'm showing another story on screen here now, but. LA Times is back from 1993. New details of extensive ADL spy operation emerge. Transcript reveals nearly 40 years of espionage by a man who infiltrated different political groups. Uh, talks about the Roy Bullock, I guess, a small-time art dealer who operated blah, blah, blah. Uh, but he, uh, yeah, he, he, he was an undercover spy who picked through garbage and amassed secret files for the ADL, Anti-Defamation League, for nearly 40 years. These, yeah, these you know, Henrik, he had, he, he illegally, if I'm not mistaken, he had uh, illegal possession of police files from uh, what the San Francisco Police Department. <laughs> Lucas can correct me if I'm wrong there, but I don't think he got police files by hunting through people's garbage. That is true. No, I, exactly. And I mean, again, they're, I mean, today they share offices with the FBI. We'll talk about that later, too. So I, I want to kind of debunk this myth as well that, that uh, Jonathan dropped here about, well, you know, it's uh, Sun Tzu, right? When you're uh, strong, appear weak. When you're weak, appear strong. Because these people are are at war with, with, with us. They're at war with uh, people who defend themselves, who stand up for themselves, especially white people, people of European descent. I think this is quite obvious. Uh, they use other groups against us when they can. But as Lucas said, when it's uh, politically expedient or advantageous to them, they throw them under the bus too, because it's not about them really. It's about the, the narrative, the control, uh, and having their agenda kind of pushed through. But he said here, the ADL is just a basically just a nonprofit out of New York, kind of making it sound. It's just a local little group. Like, don't worry about it. Listen to this here. But look, brands are big boys and girls they will make their own decisions i mean let's be clear here like this is the wealthiest man in the world running one of the most powerful media platforms on the planet we're a nonprofit here in new york so i <laughs> and he said the same on msnbc as well threats and frivolous lawsuits they don't scare us and you know like you said elon musk truly is the wealthiest man in the world He's one of the most brilliant innovators of our time. He controls one of the most powerful media platforms on the planet. We're just a small nonprofit. Just so small blaming non-profit. the Jews, if you will, that's classic scapegoating. It's not what happened here, but we won't stop, you know, fighting all forms of hate because that's what we do. <clears throat> yeah, he weaves in the, an attack on the ADL is an attack on all Jews as well. That's another whole thing we could we can kind of deal with, right? But uh, so let's let's examine that just for a little bit for a moment. Well, what did he do? Uh, literally like two months before he mentioned we're just a small nonprofit. He's creating a global task force to fight anti-Semitism. This is spearheaded by Jonathan uh, himself. They model it after the uh, the G7, right? Which is this kind of you know Western you know alliance essentially uh, of of uh, you know most Western European countries uh, and America, Canada, etc. So they're mauling it, calling it the, the J7. There's a clip here. He goes on Israeli television to introduce this thing. Listen to this. A new initiative in the global fight against anti-Semitism. The leaders of seven Jewish communities in the diaspora are forming a new organization called J7. Major organizations in the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, Germany, France, Argentina, and Australia have announced the formation of this new Task Force Against Anti-Semitism, a collaboration focusing on common challenges in response to the increasing rates of anti-Semitism around the world. 
So for more, it's a pleasure to welcome Jonathan Greenblatt, the CEO and National Director of the Anti-Defamation League, joining us from New York. Jonathan, thank you so much for your time on this day. So it's sad to think that in 2023, there is even a need for a global task force like this, J7, seven countries, large Jewish communities in what you call liberal democracies. Talk us through the steps to set this task force up in the first place. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me here. It is such a pleasure to be on I-24. Oh, yes. I so admire the work that the network does and bringing the Israeli perspective to news events. So thank you for what you do. Um, look, in this moment today, uh, J7 seems so important, and it came out of the, con- the 125th anniversary of the World Zionist Conference in Basel. I was attending, representing the American Jewish community with some others, and I was wor- working alongside my colleagues from the CRIF, the Jewish representative organization in France, and we were talking about the similar challenges we face the rise of the right wing, anti-Semitism, the surge of radical sort of anti-Zionism from the left, the challenge from religious extremists, and realizing we had much in common and about the merits of maybe if we coordinated our efforts, shared best practices, we could develop a common defense against this rise of anti-Semitism. And prior to this job at the ADL, I worked in the Obama White House and I staffed G7 meetings. And so we started to see quickly that building on the model of the G7, now those are the largest economies in the world. This would be the largest Jewish communities in diaspora. Right. But an annual summit, work streams, and a constant focus on how can we work together to do better for our people. They do better for our people, which is totally fine for them, of course, right? But uh, does this sound like a small nonprofit out of New York? I don't think so. You're a global organization. Oh, my God. I mean, it's like a $100 million a year racket that they're running (laughs) over there now, essentially. What can you say, guys? I mean, it's like... It's ludicrous. They have, uh, I mean, internationally, probably more power than most other organizations do, don't they? Yeah, they're the, no question, the most represented minority I've ever seen in my life. The one thing they do well is networking. And they just, there's like a trillion groups all doing the same thing under different names. You know, and as I said to the people, you know, I, I tweeted to them, I said, you know, Jewish folks, you got like all these organizations, let the ADL go. Just That's just one. You still have the World Jewish Congress. You still have everything else yeah. that you have. Uh, and so, you know, this J7 thing is just stepping up the game for more global unity to stop this ever-growing, irrational virus called anti-Semitism that just comes out of nowhere. No one understands it whatsoever, you know, and, and this is just Jonathan just expanding his grift to a global level. So now they're all going to work together and grift together and be like, oh, this report and that. And, and look, we know the reports have been fraudulent. They're so fraudulent, even the Times of Israel called them out. So it's incredible that, you know, people are like seeing that the ADL is detrimental even to Jewish people in the sense that they literally engineer anti-Semitism, as I mentioned earlier, with Nazi rallies and opposition like that. But also people know they're just full of crap. I mean, it's like Jonathan's like, it, it just never, like you guys are supposed to be fighting anti-Semite. It just keeps rising when you don't know how well, to do it. Well, it's just, it's exactly. Kind of- That's my point, right? They have more money now than ever, more influence yeah. than ever. They have record uh, uh, donations. They get taxpayer money. All these things are coming out now. They're working with the FBI. They have access to politicians and lawmakers. And yet... Mm-hmm. Anti-Semitism is at all time. It's always just a record after record each year. I, I mean, much of this we have to point out too. 
I don't buy this. I mean, there's like movies like of Defamation course. from like, what, 2009 yeah. or whatever that was. They basically show that this is as fake as the hyped COVID numbers were in 2020 I mean, or something. You know, they just... <laughs> Think about this, Henrik. You you hire like a, a, a terminator, a bug exterminator, and you just keep getting more bugs. And like you keep hiring the guys, just keep wow, these these pests just keep coming back. But maybe the guy's putting them there, you know, maybe he's adding, you know, termites to your house so he keeps coming to grift you, you see. So that's what the ADL does. They just manufacture anti-Semitic. And, and by the way, in their reports, if like someone does a fake hoax and it's a Jew, they'll they'll count that in yes. the report. Yeah. Any any event, even if it's fake. Is a, is an anti-Semitic event. They showed in the of, uh, in the defamation that they received calls, right? They were filmed, and it was like, right, my right. boss won't give me, uh, you know, yeah, off for Yom Kippur or whatever. And there was a, like up oh, an anti-Semitic incident, you know, I got stuff the like that. Caller lollipop at the <laughs> bank. Well, so, you know, so one of the things that so here's the thing. Here's the trick that they use. Okay, I looked into it. So the, you know, for us, we we would agree an anti-Semite is just somebody who literally hates Jewish people, and there's no escape, right? There's like the physical anti-Semitism where you hate them genetically, and you don't you don't. Then there's the like the religious type, you know, you hate them for killing Christ, but if they convert or they become a Muslim, it's okay, right? This that that I'm sure we agree with is anti-Semitism, but they've used the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance definition, Henrik. If you've seen this, bullet points on state.gov. It goes beyond hating, hating them as a people or religion. It goes into Israel. So most of the anti-Semitic events or uh, uh, problems, Jonathan puts in as is anti-Israel from BDS and all those other stuff. So it's it's really mostly about Zionism and controlling the narrative in that way. So the increase in anti-Semitism is actually an increase of the criticism of Israel because they're doing so many horrible things. But that's what they do in the report. They don't tell you exactly where this anti said. They're just, oh, it's increasing. Well, yeah, Israel just killed children. Israel just did this. So the the, the minuscule amounts of actual anti-Semitism, you know, a synagogue got like a rock thrown uh, through the window or something, some graffiti, if it's even them, um, that's what they're doing. They're using the international Holocaust, and, and they want that definition to be accepted by all social media and all governments. So right now it's not binding, but if you go to stake.gov definition of anti semitism you can see these bullet points that are just ridiculous. Like you can't say George Soros is a person with power and that's anti-Semitic. You can't say they have any influence anywhere. That's a trope. You can't say they control anything. They admit they control, like Hollywood, where they say, "Yeah, you know, we there's there's a there's a book called Empire of Their Own written by someone a Jew, and then they made it into a, a like a documentary where they're like, "Yeah, you know, we were East Russian Jews." And we came to America and we were in New Jersey and the indecency laws were too strict. So we went to Hollywood. We went to whatever it is, San Diego or whatever the hell it was. It's California, right? And they founded Hollywood. So we founded Hollywood. In fact, they created the American dream. So when you look into them, that's their idea of what America should be. And they admit it. And, and by the way, they had a hall. They had not a Holocaust museum. They had a Hollywood museum, right? Where they didn't even have Jews uh, credited for their work. And Jews were like, wait a minute, why didn't you take it? Why'd you take us out of that? Isn't that crazy? They didn't even put them. So then they put themselves in there. There's an exhibit now of them before there wasn't. So why would you hide the you know, founding of this thing that you guys started that you should be proud of? So it's like there's so much nonsense going on. But the point is, is again, this anti-Semitism that Jonathan Greenblatt uses is the version from state.gov, which is expanding it to virtually anything that offends someone who's Jewish or any criticism of the state of Israel. And they say, well, in context, they never take into context. No, no, of course not. They don't. Not. 
No, and I'd like to I'd like to add to to what Lucas was saying there. We have a very recent example. You know, Lucas was talking about a grift that this was Jonathan Greenblatt's grift and the ADL's grift. You know, we have a very recent example of that since the hashtag ban the ADL started trending last Thursday, Jonathan Greenblatt apparently uh, sent a letter to many Jewish rabbis and leaders uh, around the country literally uh, telling them in the first paragraph of the letter that we will not be silenced. Please send us money so that we can fight this anti-Semitic hatred that's being spread on the internet under the hashtag ban the ADL. So they're literally taking our campaign to not want to be censored and be silenced by the ADL. And they're turning around and saying that we're trying to silence them and they're trying to uh, raise money off it. Now, this really exposes what's going on with with these hyped up statistics of anti-Semitism. The more you know, this organization thrives off of money. It needs dollars to operate, and so to get dollars, it, there need it has to have an enemy. It has to have it has to have anti-Semitism out there in the world. It has to justify its existence. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if it, if if the supply uh, doesn't meet the demand, then you simply uh, you know, increase the supply. And that's yep. what we have going on, you know. Or you inflate uh, it, you fake you it, just, or whatever you need, yeah. yeah. Whatever you got to do to yep. gin up the hatred. And we know that they're an anti-white organization that gins up hatred against white people in the, in the name of fighting hate, you know. So that's what they're doing uh, with these fake statistics and these phony accusations of anti-Semitism and adopting this new super broad definition of anti-Semitism so that they can justify their existence, they can uh, continue to fulfill their mission and raise money and feed their grift. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it is it is about the money in terms of the, you can you can act with money, you can you can enforce right. change, you can bribe people with money. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's not about it's I, I no. get the word grift, but it, it, that's not what it really is about. Right. It's about control. And again, I, I see this as an exclusively anti-white organization. That's the that's the one ethnic group that's targeted by them and so many others. You know, like the SPLC and things like that as well. Uh, but yeah, th so they have a foundation as well that's set up. They're kind of I'm not sure if this is an attempt or whatnot. I mean, much of this is supposedly public record in terms of the, the money and how much funds they have, how much they make each year and tax deductible, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but they have something called the Anti-Defamation League Foundation as well, uh, which is, you know, working hand in hand, hand in hand rather, with the uh, Anti-Defamation League. Uh, what do we have it? Yeah, so here they have now two different entries. Look at that, Henrik. They're just troll. That says Adolf. That's, that's Where? Adolf. No, it's a, oh, Adolf. <laughs> the acronym. They're just trolling now. They're like, how stupid these that's idiots funny. are. <clears throat> yeah, that's funny. I, I didn't even see that. Look at that. Uh, Adolf. Anyway, I mean, so people have been throwing around some numbers, right? Uh, the ADLF, the foundation, operates as uh, in part as a donor advisor fund and has received contribution from a number of left-leaning foundations, including the MacArthur Foundation, the Rockefeller Philanthropies, Our Fund, and the Santa Barbara Foundation. They get tax money, too. That came out over the last uh, hashtag campaign. And, I mean, operational money, like $100 million a year. They have almost a quarter of a billion uh, f like funds they're just sitting on that they can use. And as you said, they, they fundraise. It's more money. It's more money. And much of this, of course, must be it, – it, it's it's criminal, right? I mean, how I, this is tortuous interference at the very b base of it. But yeah. keep in mind, these are unelected people. No one's voted for these any of these people. They're unelected, right? They're, they're, they're just – working off of their own political and ethnic interests, essentially, and that's the only thing that they're accountable to. They, of course, claim, well, we're helping and blah, 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 but we know all that's total bullshit, complete garbage, right? 
uh, and they've they've set examples for certain people, high profile people. I'm sure they could do it with Elon too, but let's just you know let's reminisce a little bit and talk about what happened to uh, where I have that tweet there, uh, Kanye. Right? Remember this? They somehow managed to get Adidas to freeze the Yeezy production of his shoes, essentially. Uh, after his little, you know, he, he went off, whatever. But again, Kanye said at the time, too, like, hey, I'm just venting my frustration. This is like, <laughs> what's the problem here, right? But anyway, Adidas will donate the portion of the $437 million made from first Yeezy sale to anti-hate groups. And of course, it, uh, when you look in the article, it says, uh, this will allow us to make a substantial donation to organizations like the AD, uh, ADL. So they, they shut him down, right? They freeze his money, and then the, the the corporation donates. We don't even know how much. I think it was something like maybe eight, between eighty and a hundred million that they donated of this almost half a billion uh, to uh, ADL. That's you extortion. know Henry, this highlights something very important. The ADL isn't just shaking down Twitter X, right? It's clearly shaking down these corporations uh, that are are, are being uh, used to uh, to boycott Twitter X, right? Look, like, do you think Adidas wanted to donate a portion of four hundred thirty-seven million dollars of their sales to the ADL? Do you think that that helped Adidas? In fact, no, it didn't. As I recall, their stock took a hit. Uh, maybe even their dividend. I, I seem to recall something about that. So these companies that the ADL leans on for their boycotts. They're getting shaken down too because they yeah. don't want to be. Oh, oh! How come you're not playing ball with us? It'd be a shame if you know we had to highlight the uh, racism and anti-Semitism in your company too, right? That's so that so these these companies are, are being shaken down. They're being kept in line by the ADL as well uh, to do the ADL's bidding. So this is not some small little little mom and pop organization like you were saying, like like Jonathan Greenblatt was saying. They have 25 regional agencies around the country. They operate around the world in foreign countries. And, you know, extreme amount of power, completely well-funded, can squash anybody like a bug. Yeah, he, He's out there saying, you know, telling the truth about Elon. Elon's the world's richest man, yet Elon is, you know, his company's withering in front of these people. Yeah. So and for everybody to see. So it's kind of a wink, wink nudge, nudge, flex that, that Greenblatt is doing very publicly, in fact. Indeed. Let me take a couple of these uh, guys here, some super chats before we uh, end up behind too, too far here. Uh, Sesto Fior, I think it is, over a little bit earlier here on Entropy, simply said, uh, keep up the great work, Henrik and Lana. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Don't know. Very kind of you. Cuck Free Zone says, uh, been away for a while. Good to uh, see you still going strong. Is there a better platform that should join other than Entropy to keep up the uh, uh, keep up to date with Red Eyes? Uh, I mean, either either one. Rumble is fine. Odyssey is fine. You can just go straight to Red Eyes TV. But uh, Entropy's had a little, you know, on and off recently. But uh, either either one of those would work. Uh, thank you, Cuck Free Zone. Good to see you as well. Uh, a couple on Odyssey here. Maybe next time says legal fund money for Elon. Well, there you go. Exactly. Does he need it? Maybe he does. No, not quite. Uh, we also have Archie. Uh, keeping Japan Japanese is anti-Semitic with a hyphen. Let's start to get a hyphen in there. Thank you, uh, Archie. Uh, Open Borders for Israel says, did you uh, also see that Israel is tightening their already very strict immig immigration laws? Can they tighten it even stri stricter at this point? I don't think they can. Don't they, have, don't they have like genetic tests or something like that for like if you want to become a citizen? That's what I heard anyway. <laughs> Yeah, there's some uh, it's really hard to go there put it that way uh they say there's genetic testing and then uh they may not even acknowledge your marriage if it's with a non-jewish person it's it's very interesting how israel has uh these policies which would be deemed absolutely racist and bigoted and not uh, a danger to democracy and all that uh, that they do over there so of course it's crazy right 
Uh, Derek Shurisker, last one here before we move into the next topics here. says, uh, good and important episode. Thank you. Uh, there's sure risker appreciate that as well um yeah so i mean we have yeah we have the kanye thing that he talked about on he went on the morning the, some of the morning shows right uh breakfast club i think that's what it's called right uh and just but we have to get kanye and stuff like that which is like mm-hmm. what do you mean by this you know what i mean um he also made a slip up where he uh, t- talked about how uh anti-semitic uh, it would be i would be much wealthier man Let me, let's play that that's like a funny slip up he did there it's just like whoops what are you saying check this out here uh, this one, I think it is. Yeah, here we go. I have a question for you. Sure. And this is going to be a hard one. I'm Jewish. Yeah. I hate anti-Semitism. I hate everything that's going on here. Yeah. I hate it. Mm-hmm. And I love when you're out there. By the way, so we're getting an impartial view here, guys, uh, from the show. <laughs> talking about these things. Yeah. But what I... No dogs in this fight. Don't like, I'll be honest with you. I think there are people who look at what you're doing. Yeah. Where you criticize and you say, I'm going to hammer you. Yeah. I'm going to hammer you, hammer you, hammer you until you give me money. That's what people think. I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying, I hear you. they look and they say, you go after it. It's not what you're doing. It's not what they think. It's what they're doing. <laughs> Adidas, and you keep going after Adidas, not until they shut up or until they do what you want, yeah. until they actually start contributing to ADL. Yeah. What do you say to those people? It's totally wrong. <laughs> I wish more of the people I criticize donated to us. The reality is it's my job to cast a light on anti-Semitism in all forms of hate. What I'm encouraged is when some companies, some individuals say, we're not only going to apologize, we actually want to engage and solve this problem. I just think it's not just a Jewish concept of tshuva or the Christian ethos, you know, of, of loving thy neighbor. It's all of our ethos. That's right. Give to Jonathan, uh, Christians. <laughs> Try to work together to make society better. But look, man, if everybody who committed anti-Semitism came around and supported ADL, uh, I would be a much, much wealthier. The organization would be much richer. Whoops. We'd all Whoops. be much better off. Shots fired. I'd be. What am I say? I'm thinking. I didn't check up his net worth or anything like that, but I'm, I'm sure he's a very wealthy man. I would assume he's getting a lot of money for having that position. <laughs> Holy Whatever's shit. publicly available, uh, I'm sure there's more more where that came. Oh yeah, exactly. That's uh, island accounts and you know all kinds of funny business going on. Hey, check out this one by the way too. Speaking more to that of the. No, no, we're just a small local nonprofit kind of thing. Going back to uh, June 2022, uh, they released this video. The Combat Plan is a comprehensive six-part approach for federal, state, and local governments to consider policy frameworks to fight domestic and global anti-Semitism. The Combat Plan's six points are condemn all forms of anti-Semitism, regardless of the source, and respond to anti-Semitic incidents in timely, specific, and direct ways. Oppose hate and extremism driven by anti-Semitism by improving hate crime data collection and reporting and adopting government-wide measures to combat all forms of domestic anti-Semitic extremism. Make communities safe from anti-Semitism. Protecting the physical security of community institutions and safeguarding Jewish students in post-secondary institutions. Block anti-Semitism online. Adopt whole-of-government measures to combat all forms of online anti-Semitism. Act against global anti-Semitism by amplifying international efforts and strengthening the office of the U.S. Special Envoy to monitor and combat anti-Semitism. And finally, teach about anti-Semitism. Promote understanding of Jewish people today and include anti-Semitism in anti-bias education and related trainings. ADL's Combat Plan offers a wide-ranging policy agenda to stop the defamation of the Jewish people and to protect democracy, securing a just and inclusive society. Jo- oh boy! All right, what do you? Still not enough. Where do you even start? Still no, still not enough, right? I mean, 
And of course, much of this, which is you know labeled extremism or hate, is is basically just like valid. Look, if you're if if your group can be praised and get awards and prizes, your group can be criticized and and it's this. Uh, we we're gonna bl make sure to block ourselves from any kind of criticism. And if anybody raises those points, we can point to anti-Semitism. We get we can control the narrative. We can block them online. We can get their bank accounts shut down. It's not only like the the online censorship thing here, as you mentioned earlier, Lucas. Like. There's people losing their bank accounts, losing their livelihoods, yeah. being shut down overnight, losing credit credit card processors like us, like we have done, right? And uh, you know, overnight, like just you know, losing everything. And and, and so I just, man, I hope this lawsuit goes through with Elon. I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, gonna, not gonna hold my breath, but hopefully it it is gonna happen, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, even if it doesn't, I mean, I don't know if he's suing for defamation or for Tatura's, uh, what was it called? Tatura's. Tortious uh, interference, right? Tortious yeah. interference. That's probably what he could get away. I mean, showing if the ADL has emails threatening people of, you know, certain sponsors, um, that would work because defamation for a public figure is virtually impossible to uh, to get, even win. I mean, look what Johnny Depp had to go through with his wife, for Christ's sakes, all the millions spent. Now, Elon has billions of dollars, but. You know, even I, I spoke to a lawyer once because I remember my, my name was destroyed. I was like, you know, can I clear my name? And he's like, look, man, you know, he was one of our guys. You know, he understood everything. He's like, you're probably going to be in front of hard. a court with a certain judge yep. of a certain ethnicity with a jury who's going to be, you know, they're going to see what you said online, what you said, and, you know, whatever, it's an opinion. And they're going to go, well, that's what we thought he's from, you know, from what he said, that's what we got out of it. And, you know, there's no, they have a First Amendment right too. They have a First Amendment right to opine on who you are yeah and they have to show damages if it's not so it has to be not true not interpreted that could be true like it's like you're just sitting there and one day someone says you're a pedophile in the new york times and it destroys your life and you're not that's one thing and and you're a private citizen it's much easier to prove defamation but if you're a public figure right yeah. it's so hard to do so that's not going to work if elon goes for that but if he does with the tortuitous um in, uh, in interference and proves that the adl's tactics and their you know extortion basically scared away people with phone calls and threats he could probably do some damage with that and look and even if he doesn't him just bringing this to light to the entire planet and standing up to them is going to encourage people perhaps even the advertisers to tell the adl to go you know fuck off yeah. you know, and yeah. that'd be great because yeah. look everyone's like oh the advertisers don't want to be next to you know man these people put ads on pornography <laughs> they, they're putting ads every they, they just want to make money they're not the paragons of morality oh i don't want to put ads here and of course there's the esg thing where they're pushing both exactly. the companies yeah. there's so all these things thing. going there's there's an attack in all angles but these people want money yeah you know if, if and, and by the way there are people on twitter who do push like you know, black videos, they go viral and there, there's ads on that. There's, there's ads on all sorts of divisive stuff, but it's okay with the Zionist narrative or it's okay with open borders. But once you go after certain peoples, you know, if you criticize it, you're probably not going to have an ad on that. So that's the thing. It's, it's, these companies don't give it. They want to return. They're not scared. Oh my God, we're so moral all of a sudden. No, you guys, they have studies on how to make you buy shit you don't need. <laughs> these yeah. people study human psychology. How can we sell these shoes that these people don't even need? They don't give a damn. So it's just bullshit. Man. Yeah, that's true. I'd like to I'd like to add to that. You know, listen, free speech gets uh, gets some bad reputation. There's this narrative out there that says, you know, when we can't have free speech uh, online because for the advertisers, because then the, there's hate speech and they don't want to be associated with this hate speech. But let me tell you something, the ADL and it, uh, through its um, 
influence over Twitter and these other platforms actually shuts down so much speech, it reduces content generation, it reduces traffic. My own my own account uh, for over two years was absolutely frozen. They didn't deplatform me, but they didn't allow it to grow. Anytime somebody added it, uh, added or started following me, they they defollowed somebody else, so they froze my account following. They deboosted my tweets. I stopped generating content and my tweets stopped getting views and impressions. Yeah. And this happens to all sorts of people on Twitter when you start, uh, when you, and it's not just whatever they define as anti-Semitic. There's all f- kinds of speech and ideas and concepts and political ideologies that you're not allowed to talk about or that get de-boosted or whatever. And it affects the content generation on Twitter. It affects the number of impressions and, and it reduces the overall pie. And that's actually hurting advertisers at the end of the day because fewer eyeballs are seeing their ads and free so free speech actually sells because to Lucas' yeah. point they want money you want eyeballs you want impressions these marketers they talk about clicks they want clicks they want they want engagement and when you uh, abridge people's freedom of speech and throttle their content it demotivates them and they don't generate as much and the content they do generate doesn't get seen by as many people engagement goes down impressions go down dollars go down so free speech it's good for business it's not bad so don't believe that lie. Yeah, it's true, and and also, um, yeah, you have the you have the issue with you know reach and all that stuff. And now, when do they ever ever thought about morality related to this before? Maybe, maybe this is why, as as Lucas said, you know why they dropped all the, the the ESGs, the uh, what is the other one? There's a not CRT, but there's another version of it. I forget what it is now, but there's a number of those out there. And of course, majority of the big corporations have signed up for all of this, right? Whether it's uh, social uh, environment, social governance, that's the ESG acronym. Uh, you basically have, oh, it's a human rights watch had their campaign, right? The corporate uh, equality index. So that was just, again, millions of these right out there, but some are more influential than others. Uh, but they list these corporations and what they've done. And you have to adhere to us politically and, and, and these opinions you have to, obviously if it's social media, you have to amplify these opinions and, and, and you know, silence these or whatever. Uh, but even, you know, big corporations, uh, you know, Ford, uh, motor companies that have, have nothing to do with anything political have to bow down to some of these things, whether it's diversity or they have to have uh, equity training at the offices or whatever the hell it is, right? So it's like, and, and ADL is like part of that entire environment, if not a leading voice in that, uh, to steer the discourse, the narrative, obviously the culture at the end of the day in their direction politically. And, and they've found this, it's not a loophole per se, but they've found a really dirty way of essentially keeping uh, right-wing opinions, nationalism, populism kind of thing at bay within the business world and the corporate world. And much of this has been to choke out people financially so that they can't make a move. They can't make, they can't grow. They can't get their voices out there. That's why it's been so great to see this campaign, right? Because the amount of people that have joined in on this, right? We, we can kind of talk a little bit about what might, what the fallout from this might be or might not be. Obviously, the ADL is not going to go anywhere overnight here, but they're losing the PR war. I mean, I've, I never think I'd see so many people just join in on this. And it was not like some of the big accounts I was looking for a long time. And it's like, a lot of people just chiming in on this. And uh, as someone said in chat there, right? I mean, courage is contagious. If they see that more people are speaking up about this, not even caring if there's any repercussions from this, more will come out of the woodwork, more will get educated, they will learn what this is about. Hopefully people, you know, look into it more. What, you know, what, what is this? I don't even know what it is. 
So that's a net positive for us, I'd say, guys. Uh, what, do, what do you guys think? That, will there be any fallout here? Uh, I mean, again, it, it, it could be take a completely different turn if these lawsuits happen and if there's discovery or, you know, whatever happens along the way here, we could alter this tremendously. But where we stand right now, let's begin with you, Sam. Um, yeah, well, I want to go back to something you said earlier in your, uh, right there, Henrik, where you talked about this ESG and diversity and this diversity push. I want to point out that the ADL is one of these organizations that has been at the forefront of uh, pushing diversity and diversity, equity, and inclusion, this DEI concept. They've been at the DEI, forefront. DEI, that's right. That's the other one. Yeah. You know, they've been at, been at the forefront of this, which is really, let's call it what it is. It's just anti-white policies, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion. Uh, it just means fewer white, white guys. That's, that's pretty much what it means. Uh, so, but, but if you look at, and, and I did this uh, on day one, when, when ban the, and when hashtag ban the ADL was trending, I went onto their website and I looked at their board of directors and their senior leadership and staff. And there's 51 people on their, on their board and senior leadership staff, 51 people. There's not a single black person on, on out of those 51 people. And there's only two people that are nominally Asian. All the rest are Jewish and white, white people. So, uh, mostly Jews, I think. Uh, so it's diversity for thee, not for me. Of so they're out not. there preaching one thing and practicing another. And that's completely disingenuous. It's weaponized hypocrisy, and they should be called out for it. That's right. L Lucas, anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, look, the this this organization is just uh, the epitome and manifestation of hypocrisy on every single level that you can imagine. And they just sit there and pretend it's not. That's the ultimate gaslighting is what the ADL does. So, you know, when it comes to this ESG stuff, the DEI, it should be D-I-E, that would be more accurate, die. <laughs> um, you know, they, they're going to push the policies that, again, are going to scare the advertisers into submitting. And look, advertisers want to make money, like we said earlier. And so why would they not want to make money? Well, it's because they're being threatened themselves directly. Like, you're not going to even exist if you don't do it. So, you know, when the ADL is going around and, and having these, you know, PR things, which they're losing, by the way, like the hashtag, it's, it's, on, it's alive, it's on its own. It's, it's like a decentralized resistance. They can't pin it on anyone. They tried to pin it on Nick Fuentes. They, false, they falsely said it started by Nick Fuentes. Nick Fuentes is banned off X. He's got a, you know something else going on secretly, but he's banned off X. He did not start it. But they're saying it's he started. They're trying to pin it on him, but they can't. It's too far right. beyond him now. Yeah. And like you said, big accounts, even the conservative grifter types are, oh, well, I can jump in now because it's safe. Everyone's jumping in, and the ADL—it's—it's it's in defense. Their position is indefensible. In our spaces, the first space we had, we completely wrecked the ADL, and then the second space, they stacked it with lawyers. They're all Zionist Jews and all these people. I mean, you saw that clip Keith knocked out that intelligence officer. Vivian. Yeah, the black uh, rock, right? Or black cube? Yeah, black, black cube. Black That's cube. right. Black cube. I'm not. And then she just and then her thing was deleted. Her her Wikipedia script was scraped completely. Like this is some they're sending people to us. I just got doxxed a, a few moments ago. They put my address out there. Like this these these people are being serious. So they're scared. And and our second Twitter space was stacked. Like I said, and I'm just sitting there. These people are making excuses about well loopholes and this and that. And what about? And I'm like they can't defend it. Look, the ADA was founded to get a child rapist off the hook. That's what you're That's defending. Right. And, and then they put the lie out there. Well, no, he's been pardoned. He's innocent. No, he was pardoned, but he was never absolved of the crime ever. He's still guilty to this day. At every level of the appeals process, it was rejected. There was five Jews on the grand jury who also condemned him. No one said he was innocent ever. And so they said, well, later on, this guy Alonzo Mann claimed that um, he saw 
uh, Jim Connolly, the person moving the body, which we already knew did that, right? To frame the other guy, Newt Lee, the black, they're both black. And we already, it didn't change anything. So the new information changed nothing. It just said he didn't use the elevator. He used the stairs. And this would make sense because she was being pulled by this rope, whatever. So the thing is, all the evidence that was brought to, to you know, overturn this didn't work. It's, 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 he's so guilty, even his own tribes were like, yeah, he's guilty. And, and by the way, in that time, in 1913, in Georgia, you don't think these white people would have been happily uh, to hang a black man, be more than happy to do it. But he, and, and, the, and the jury, I'm sorry, the, the defense of uh, Leo Frank was using racial slurs. They were trying to get the, you know, the white people riled up. But he did it. You know, obviously, it, was him. it wasn't the white guy, the white Jewish guy. Because even at that time, believe it or not, Henrik, they considered Jewish people white at that time. They did. They, he was a white gentleman. But even with that, even with that in the South, when they considered him a white gentleman, still guilty at every level of court, Supreme Court, everything. So this guy's super guilty, and you're going to sit there and sit and try to defend this organization. For, let me let me play. Here's the here's the 50 second backdrop to the, the story. Just what you're talking about. This yeah. check this out here. Most people know that the Anti-Defamation League of B'nai B'rith is an organization that seeks to defend the Jewish people from any criticism, but many people do not know why the ADL was formed. This story starts in 1913 when a man named Leo Frank, who was president of B'nai B'rith's Atlanta chapter, raped and murdered a 13-year-old worker, Mary Fagan, in the pencil factory where he was a superintendent. He tried to blame a black janitor for the crime, but all the evidence pointed to Frank. The ADL formed in 1913 to protect Frank from anti-Semitism, but he was found guilty in 1915. Frank's lawyers appealed, but failed. That then Frank's powerful friends got Georgia Governor Slayton to commute his death sentence to life imprisonment, which outraged the public. A mob formed, broke Frank out of jail, and lynched him. The ADL got Frank a posthumous pardon in 1986 and placed the first national anti-lynching memorial at the Leo Frank Memorial site. They continue to protect Jewish criminals from justice to this day. That's their mission. All right, there's a short little, short, sweet piece for that. But there's another important thing, too, by the way, because I, I saw a lot of people that are like, well, I'm Jewish. I don't like the ADL, but they're just they're just leftists, you know, kind of thing. It's like yeah, no, it's leftists. Yeah. yeah, no, it's not about that. This is a it's foundations are religious, right? The B'nai B'rith is is what got involved. This is October 1913, and of course that case it was always the whole thing that sparked this. But I mean, the ADL today they work with uh, Chabad, which is one of the big Orthodox, you know, religious organizations and stuff like that. So they're not going to pull that one on me and just say, oh, they don't represent. Well, at least, I mean, at least if you're Jewish then and the ADL shows up, don't attack those who are criticizing the ADL. Attack the ADL for then speaking on behalf of all Jews. And as we said before, and some people kind of accurately pointed that out, too, that like the more they uh, fight and, and, and censor and ban people, uh, the more hatred they, uh, they generate. And then because they speak on behalf of Jews, then people think, oh, well, OK, well, then it's it's Jews doing this then, I guess. Right. Yeah, well, one thing they did do, and they will attack anyone. I, I brought up Khalid Atzman. Uh, he's a friend of mine, and he's a former Jew because he's completely eliminated his Jewishness from his identity, and he's super like into the Jewish identity, exposing how they do everything, and they hate him. And the AD has a special thing for him. You know, there's also the the woman from Libs of TikTok is also Jewish, and they put her yeah, as right an chick. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, the the Jew when they they're say willing to left, throw when, them under the bus when it's sure. when it's you know what because when they're because where were they years ago, Henrik? You know, that's another, and, and another thing. Though, right. I'll I'll put out I'll bring up like you know Jews for highest. I mean, where's the anti-immigration Jewish league? Like, exactly where, where, right. So right. until I well, see when that, the, what the hell when the 
Israeli foreign ministry is funding an organization like Israel, which is standing on mm-hmm. on the borders of of you know Greek islands, waving in migrants while they're like have a hardcore immigration policy themselves. What the hell? I mean, that's 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 outrageous. I mean, they need to be st- this group needs to be stopped at every point, at every turn. But but I do want to mention when it comes when they say left wing, yes, the the ADL does push more left wing things than an Orthodox Jew would accept, right? But they still have because it hurts whites. <laughs> That's Raya Ch- uh, Chaichik, whatever her name is, right? That mm-hmm. lives of TikTok. I think she exposes enough of things which kind of goes against global homo. She even exposes some anti-white stuff they're doing in schools mm-hmm. and stuff like that, like crazy. But she's LGBTQ. probably super Zionist, right? So there's she, always a she catch. is. Yes, so, so I'm saying so it's, it's like, a oh. net it's a net negative for them to have a right chick there, an Orthodox Jew doing right. that, as opposed to having them on her, you know, her their side basically, or her sure, own. Can side. I can I hop in here, Henry? Sure, on sure. This? Yep. Listen, you know, I've heard this argument a lot uh, that it's not a Jewish organization because it doesn't represent all Jews. Well, Orthodox Jewry is a Jewish group, and it doesn't represent all Jews. Are we to believe that Orthodox Jews aren't aren't Jewish? Or not a Jewish right. group, you know. Yep. Reform Jews are, are a Jewish group that don't represent all Jews, or are they now not a Jewish group? Listen, the, they're they're the ADL of the B'nai B'rith. It's uh, for 110 years they've been they were founded by, run by, and advanced the interests of Jewish people. And until September 4th, 2023, just a few days ago, everybody knew it as a Jewish organization. I have right in front of me the latest uh, American Jewish yearbook published by the American Jewish Committee that lists the uh, ADL as a national Jewish organization of the United States. Now, I guess you could argue that the American Jewish Committee, who publishes the American Jewish yearbook, doesn't represent all Jews and is therefore not a Jewish uh, organization itself. I suppose you could argue that. But listen, there are basically what you have here is Unless, I guess, unless Jew, uh, right side Jews or conservative Jews agree with the politics, then it's not a Jewish organization. That's silly. Listen, I, I agree with these uh, these Jewish people on the right, uh, our friends, who want to distance themselves from the ADL. And we should encourage that. You know, Lucas has been very vocal in encouraging uh, Jews to stand up to this radical organization that's making them look bad and is and is fundamentally, you know, not advancing, you know, uh, you know, the interests of the Jewish people because they're creating a lot of blowback in this way. Uh, so we should stand by and we should champion it. But also, you know, we can be honest about it. We don't have to be deceptive about it and say, oh, no, 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 the ADL, it's not a Jewish organization. They're just a bunch of radical leftists. Well, last time I looked, you know, Stalin was a communist, but he still killed a lot of uh, fellow communists. Did, did right, you know, right. murdering and sending a, a fellow communist to Gulags not make him a communist? No. Uh, so, you know, and neither, you know, and just because, you know, uh, some amount of Jews don't agree with what their other Jewish brethren are doing at the ADL, it doesn't mean it's not a Jewish organization. So let's be clear about that. Uh, but but I'll throw it back to you uh, because there's another element to this, uh, and I don't know if we want to get into it now, but that's this element of Jewish supremacy that that Lucas has also talked about, and I don't know if we want to leave it there or talk about that, but I'll throw it back to you. Yeah, let's uh, get into that moment here. Let me read this one from uh, The Boo Man. says, uh, Shindra's List is one of my favorite movies. If you cut out the sappy beginning and ending parts, there you go. Uh, we got a couple here on Odyssey as well. Uh, Chief Modi simply says, uh, ban the ADL. Uh, thank you. We also have Archie, who says, uh, I worry that Bari Weiss already destroyed the Twitter files while she was working with Matt Taibbi. Yeah, that, that, didn't that turn out pretty bad when she got involved? Uh, but there must be other institutions that have communicated uh, communication records of the extortion that the ADL did. Well, take, I mean, just as an anecdote, personally, um, we had a... Uh, 
when we had credit card processors, right, that we were shut down, terminated, they, the, the banks, some of the banks left us, some of the banks were okay with us, but then we find out we're searching, trying to figure this out. Oh, it's on the back end. This is a corporation called the First Data, which basically like processes something like 80% of all the payments in the world, I think it was, or the Western world, I forget. Uh, but anyway, huge company, right? So you end up on like a blacklist by them, and then there's even government uh, bodies or agencies, whatever you want to call it, that you can actually contact and say, well, what's the reason why this happened? Or, for example, when Wells Fargo closed down our accounts, right? We need a reason. What what, what did we do, right? And the government agency, of course, just dropped us, said, oh, sorry, there's nothing we can do. I would love to somehow, you know, get records from like first data or one of the banks or something like that and maybe there's a way we just didn't you know the legal route here is just oh my god you know but anyway and just see what the communication was right because uh, i mean angelo uh sorry lucas say i'm doing it again uh you put you pulled this out which is a, a perfect example you highlighted this uh when 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 the hashtag was going let me pull this up here so we can see it too how they were going after iceland right Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about, uh, well, to use their yeah. vernacular, talk about the chutzpah, <laughs> right? Of just like sending a letter, right? We write you to offer three compelling reasons against the adoption of a ban on male circumcision. I don't think there's a single Jew in, in Iceland, by the way. And, and if there is, there's like two or well, something. Well, now they're, now now he showed up. Did so they do that? Yeah, so I heard the rumors. They, they built they a the synagogue first, and rabbi and stuff. They got their first rabbi. Oh, and okay. that's the thing. Like they're, Look, they, in their religious uh, view, they have to tikkun olam. They have to go to every country in the world to tikkun olam. So if Iceland bans circumcision, they can't promote, they cannot perform it there. But, so tikkun olam means repair the world, not repair one little country. The world. This is a worldwide thing, Okay. And, you know, I've seen religious rabbis say, yes, it's not a conspiracy. We do want to repair the world. We want to be all over the place and push this ideology. And then you you Gentiles, all you have is seven Noahide laws. Big deal. We have 613 mitzvahs, you know. So this Iceland thing, if you if you read the parts that are circled there, it's literally saying, huh, you know, well, if, you know, we, we know that your economy is based on tourism, it'd be ashamed if you were associated with anti-Semitism or Nazism, whether real or, whether it's or true, true or, or not, not. whether right. true or yeah. not. Holy shit. And like, and then, so this sovereign, this is why the ideal is not a small NGO no. in America no. just sitting there. This is a sovereign country being threatened by some guy in New York telling them, you're not going to do this. You, the people of Iceland, your will means nothing compared to our will. This is what is Jewish supremacy. And people can say that doesn't exist. It's a trope. Well, what the hell is that? Some Jewish guy from New York writes a letter to a sovereign country full of people who use their democracy. Right now, it's not. No, no, we can't use it now. Use their democracy to vote this practice out of their country because they're not Jews. They're Icelanders. Yeah. Is that the right term? Icelanders? Yeah. So, so <laughs> they don't do this stuff. You know, I mean, I, I, I'll be frank with you. I was born in Italy. They didn't do it to me. I didn't do it to my son. So this, this is not really a European thing. No. Middle Easterners do it. You know, Egyptians apparently did it back in the day. Yep. Jews do it. Muslims do it. Um, but Europeans basically don't really do it. And then Americans caught into this. For some reason, they're doing it all the time. Uh, I, I think there's a dip in it now, thankfully. But regardless, yep. here's again, this non-little, non well, we don't have any money. Oh, but call, they write a letter, not a phone call, a letter. And I and they, like, okay. And again, look at what they say that we've been featured on CNN, other cable news TV channels, NBC, broadcast TV, 60 Minutes, the most watched, blah, 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 New York Times, Washington Post, basically saying we'll use the media 
to destroy to to defame you and the anti-defamation league will defame an entire country to go after their tourist industry to destroy their economy and of course unfortunately what happened well iceland folded of course to this right yeah. uh, controversial what do we mean controversial this was to help rescue icelandic boys from male genital mutilation for christ's sake come on yeah. controversial it wasn't controversial to anybody in iceland i don't think no right? 100 <laughs> that's right Circumcision ban pulled from Parliament. And then, of course, you read the article and says, among, well, the, the primary uh, of the international organizations who have condemned the bill is the Anti-Defamation League. Bing, bing, bing. There you go. So mission success. That's how you do it. You threaten. We have, a, what do we call it in Sweden? You, uh, the, um, uh, I don't even know the, the, the term for the worker, but those who repair the windows, we say, they go out at night and throw rocks, right, to, to boost our business. This is how they do it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Lucas talked about tikkun uh, olam, you know, repair the world. So, you know, it, it's apt, you know, are they repairing the world or are or, or in their efforts to, quote unquote, repair the world in their image? Are they damaging the world? Uh, yeah. You know, the viewer can make up their own mind on that. Well, but, you know, according the, to whose vision, right? That's always yeah, what it comes down to. Right? Yeah. Happened, though, yeah. they, they don't like Iceland's doing pretty well. They don't need any repairing. Yeah. And yeah. now they have to do this procedure to exist Otherwise, their the economy will go down. Because again, Iceland, there's not much to do there other than the people go to those pools, you know, that are really hot, but it's cold outside. What is that? Those like clear, like sulfur. You ever see that, Henry? Yeah, the vo it's just volcanic. Uh, you yeah, know, volcanic. It's volcanic pretty cool. I've never, I've never been there, but like that's pretty cool. So that oh, people no, want to go there, you know. So, oh, you know, God forbid we call you a Nazis or something. There goes everything. I mean, that's just that is literally strong arming someone. It's the mafia yeah. boss at the bakery. Yo, God forbid, yeah. a wonderful bakery here. Well, this is why they have to be held accountable. That's why there has yes. to be, if nothing else, an international effort to go after this group and to shut them down, legally go after them and say, this is illegal. You have no right to do this. Even if they were elected, they have no right to do this. But even add that layer to it, where nobody asked these people to do anything for anybody. And now they show up and they threaten people and then they're surprised. The fucking idiots are, sorry, but just like, holy shit. They're surprised when people push back against this? I mean, what the, what, holy they're, shit. They're counting on us to push back. You know, that's what, that's why they point, that's why they, the defamation league pushes all this anti-white, anti-Christian hatred out into the world is, to, is so that they can generate blowback that then they can feed off of to justify their existence, to claim being victims, to fundraise off of, to increase their power. You know, and Elon even said it, you know, he said it Friday morning after we started this hashtag trending. He said, ironically, the defamation league is the biggest cause of anti-Semitism on Twitter. Yeah, he's probably right. Look at this. It's time. This is Jonathan Greenblatt. Forget what, the date on this. Uh, it's time for the Jewish community to take a seat at the table to use our power <laughs> as institutions. That's a trope. Wait, that's a trope. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> if we don't get Jonathan Greenblatt, those tropes will spread. That's anti-Semitic, Jonathan. Uh, as institutional investors to ensure corporations are aligned with our values and don't fall front it's making anti-israel anti-israel pressure right? so get you have this like it's based in america all these things and uh, sure but but the one of their primary issues here is is israel too we have to un underline that that it's it's always about that right it's always about israel at the end of the day it seems not not maybe primarily well you could go back and forth on that. It's it's a diaspora, so it's just defending Jews wherever they are. But but ultimately, it's like a lot of the, even the State Department definitions that you mentioned, Lucas, was like a lot of it is about Israel too. You can have someone yes. a left winger show up in Congress in the U.S. like the the Squad or whatever, and they just like, oh my God, they're criticizing Israel. They hate all Jews. They want to murder Jews, uh, and it's this over the top. And, and again, when you we have one, let's let's show that we have a 
a perfect like summary of that, right? Not only, of course, that they celebrate Israel. This is a uh, you know a no shit kind of moment here, right? But uh, the ADL looks back with pride on our longtime support for the Jewish state. I mean, it, it put that shoe on the other foot here, right? Of the choose any European country state, of the white of a white state, of the, of the Swedish state, of a Norwegian state, German state, whatever Italian state, and remains committed towards working um, working towards a secure, peaceful Jewish and democratic state. In other words, that's it's exclusionary, right? It's it's exclusionary by default. Uh, and then, so let me play. Did I bring that clip in? I hope I did. Uh, maybe I didn't. Okay, we'll we'll play that in a moment then. But it's this point on to underline that point further. Yeah, that, you know it's it's yeah, crazy, isn't it? That you can't uh, we can't advocate for you know uh, European countries can't advocate for themselves like Poland for Polish or Germany for Germans or English for England. That would be white supremacist or Nazi or or hate speech or whatever. But then they turn around and advocate those policies for the state of Israel. And then if you criticize that, you're an anti-Semite. Uh, but you know, when is the last time the the Defamation League ever stood up for you know the anti-white hate speech or the anti-white bigotry or the anti-Christian bigotry or hate speech, uh, you know, or or anything like that anywhere online or or out in the world? Uh, they don't fight against those forms of hate and bigotry. Uh, they really only uh, fight uh, you know for for their Jewish causes. Fair enough, but uh, you know they're very hypocritical about it. Well, that's just it. Here's a video. Let me play this real quick here, and some you know, they had some funny music on this one but the, again look at the screenshots here right of all the uh of all the times that they've like this is white supremacy and they basically like uh you know white nationalism is evil but jewish nationalism is is, is great you know kind of thing anyway here we, here we go let me ask the representative from uh the uh, adl first of all Yes, the core ideology of white nationalists, which is a euphemism for white supremacists, there are different types, but the core ideology is the belief in the imminent extinction of the white race because of a flood of non-white people and other people that they feel are degenerate, all orchestrated, puppeteered by Jews. All orchestrated, puppeteered by Jews. Now, they, they, and they include a couple of uh, screenshots here, right? Which is like, uh, it perfectly like exemplifies, I think that's over that clip here, but uh, here, here's the that screenshot, right? The ADL on white nationalism at the very top, uh, which of course is, uh, that's white supremacy, uh, which is bad, right? Uh, white people can't stand up for themselves. But on Jewish nationalism, Boy vey, are they are they are they happy to stand up for Israel as an exclusionary Jewish uh, state? And and this is the kind of shit that needs to be pointed out, right? Uh, and considering that they're so powerful, they direct, uh, you know, nations in what direction they can go. Uh, this stuff needs to stop. It needs to be called out. First of all, we we have to awaken people to the fact that this is happening. Uh, it, it's partially what you know drives you know, immigration and things like that. But even the guilt aspect, I mean, someone brought up, you know, Shindrel's list earlier, but it's obviously part of this entire issue that we're dealing with here, that Europeans are held to a different standard even in, in that sense, right? We, we were colonialists, we were evil, so we're behind slavery, and that's a whole other thing we can go into. But, uh, you know, we did... Um, uh, the Holocaust, right? Uh, it, it, kind of, it's like interchangeable. They're even going after Poland now for not submitting on the Holocaust issue, although they fought, right? 
Uh, it, and anyway, it just goes on and on. And much of this is about generating that guilt that, uh, no, no, you can't have a nation state. You can't stand up for your people because that leads to train cars and, and concentration camps right away. Meanwhile, of course, you have like an open air prison down in Gaza. You have walls, you know, as tall as Trump never could build it with gun turrets on it to, to keep people out. Uh, the hypocrisy is astonishing. Uh, you know, Henrik, you know, since you brought up the Holocaust, you know, uh, it's we should we should, uh, re you know, let the viewers remember that Abe Foxman, the prior president of the ADL before Jonathan Greenblatt, went to I have the, the clip. Ukrainian, went to the Ukrainian president and asked them to, 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 to stop talking about the Holodomor, the, uh, yep. the ethnic genocide of tens of millions of white Christian Ukrainians in the 1930s. Uh, like, stop talking. It's counterproductive. It, it won't serve our interests, uh, you know, if you keep talking so much about this. You know, it would it would take away from the Jewish Holocaust. Let me and play it, Sam. I have it right here. Check it out. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. All right. Foxman is concerned about the Ukrainian government's comparison of the famine in the Ukraine before World War II with the Holocaust. The one thing that you need to be sensitive about is not to link it with Holocaust. It's like a monster. Oh my God. That it not be played as your genocide, our genocide. Because that will be counterproductive on all sides. We want the number one genocide. Only on one side. Respect. They're having a dick measuring contest over whose genocide's bigger. Well, yeah, well, and, and Abe told him yours is not bigger, even if it is. Yeah, it's not, not big enough. <laughs> yours is not big enough. <laughs> ours is bigger. That's what it well, is. Well, that's the thing. Holy like, shit. See how he talks, though? Like, he talks very calmly. <clears throat> you have to be sensitive and careful. Like, he's telling you, you better not fuck around, dude. Yeah. This is, don't turn it in, because I was going to correct you, Sam. It's not that he said stop talking. He said don't compare it or make it right. as big as. And and that's what he's saying. He's saying, he is saying stop talking about it. Don't, don't make a big fuss about it, but don't ever compare it to ours. And I think, yeah. Henrik, the problem with Poland was they were also saying they were getting killed or something like this by the Nazis. And yeah, that the, was the, the, it was, the Jewish group. The, the Jewish group started calling it uh, the Polish concentration camps because they were located in Poland and Poland mm -hmm. objected to that and said, well, we were in, you know, back and forth. But the point yeah, is, we were also no one's off, no European nation is off the hook here. You know what I mean? And even if no, they never, everyone. even if they're like uh, Sweden, like neutral, wouldn't even part of the, well, still you have the David Schwartz and the Barra Spectres show up in Sweden and tell you, you have to multiculturalize. You know, you have to be punished for things you never did. And I saw an article, someone basically implying that had the European countries let people in from the Jewish people, they wouldn't even have, they're blaming the Holocaust and the entire West for not allowing their refugees to go to America or take them to whatever. There, there is no escape from blaming uh, right. all of Europe. And, and, and that's why they are against white countries. And they'll say white people don't exist. They'll say the white race doesn't exist. It's not inaccurate to say that because it's the white people exist. The, the race is the umbrella term, like Jewish, for example. Jewish is an umbrella term for the different kinds of Jews. There's Merzachi Jews, Sephardic Jews. There's uh, uh, Haredi Jews. There's Ashkenazi, the ones that look like us, right? Even the Beta Israelites, right? The Ethiopians right, right. and, then, and so all the, that stuff. Yeah. So the white race is just all the European groups under the umbrella, but they want to say there is no white. There is no white. Yeah, there's no one white culture. There are white cultures, but they do this to piss you off and say there's no such thing as race. That's to trigger you. They know what they're doing. They they want to make you anti-Semitic and hate them because that's how they make their grift. And people say no, they don't. Why would they want to do that? Because it gains them the victimhood status, right? If yeah. if someone was beating up a guy in a wheelchair, you'd be like, what the hell is he doing? 
Turns out the guy in the wheelchair is the strongest mafia boss in the world and has killed thousands of people. <laughs> but you don't know that. All you see is a guy getting beat up in the wheelchair. You're going to instantly tackle the guy doing it without knowing the full story. And that's what the victimhood strategy, that's how it works. And other minorities are emulating this. That's why we see all these hate hoaxes, whether it be women walking around with a bed, I got raped, or some guy putting a fake noose, or Jesse Smollett, for example. People are emulating the victimhood uh, technique because it does work on a majority that's been said that they're evil and programmed to be anti, you know, they're anti-Semitic. Well, there was a report that said one fourth of the planet is anti-Semitic. Yeah, I'm showing that right here. Henrik just had, yeah, there he is. Oh, there you go. Yep. I mean, if that's not defamation right there, if that's not hogwash, you know. Well, this is of Europe, but they said one fourth of the planet. planet. How many billions is that? That's holy shit. That's like uh, what uh, four, two billion people? It's almost three (laughs) billion. Something like that. It's ridiculous. The only way you can be a bigger victim now is if if you can get two out of every four people on the planet uh, hating you. So maybe if two out of every four uh, people on the planet hate white people, then then you know maybe maybe then we can, you know. But but to to Lucas's point, you know, they'll attack us, uh, or they'll they'll deny us group status as white people. Like oh, there's no such thing as white culture or white race or whatever. But they're happy to attack us as white people and say that racism is it's a tool of white privilege you know, or that white people need to, uh, you know, acknowledge, you know, their privilege or white people, uh, you know, need to uh, stop being Nazis or, or whatever it is, or stop. I mean, one in four Europeans, what are Europeans? They're white people. Listen, you know, wh- yeah. white people, they don't exist until it's time for reparations time to and attack them, guilt. to blame somebody. Yeah, now right. they're every, oh, now we oh, yeah. see them before yep. they don't exist, but now, yep. oh, we yep. want reparations. Oh, there they are. There's those white people. Oh, oh, the yeah. Holoc- oh, there they are right there. But any other time, we don't exist until yeah, it's, it's uh, time to blame somebody. Dirty, slight uh, techniques they use. President Bunga on Entropy says, uh, the big question, will Musk follow through? Honest answer, uh, fellas. I'll pass it over to you. Uh, I don't think he can do much. Uh, again, with defam- maybe he'll l- launch a lawsuit or something. But even if he doesn't, guys, this is a huge win. This is probably one of the biggest wins we've had in, in I don't know how long, decades this is massive. It's it's so big because it's showing it's shining the light on this organization, this mafia group, and, and you know other people have done their part, and they could only like Kanye, he could only do so much. You know, he did what he could. Now he's, I guess, highly pastoric, upped his dose of medication because now he's <laughs> running around with his wife in like weird clothing. I don't know what happened to Kanye. No clothing or what was it? What yeah. can he have done? You know, he did what he could do. He, he said what he had to say, and uh, that's it. But you know, this is huge too because Elon Musk is challenging one of the most powerful groups probably on the earth when it comes to censorship and controlling narratives. So yeah. this is a big win anyway, even if it doesn't go anywhere. Again, you know, this little tiny group, right? Uh, it's not going to be the ADL versus Elon Musk. It's going to be the World Jewish Congress, ape every oh, exactly. person. It's going to be literally all of world Jewry, just like 1933 against Germany. That's, that's what's going to happen. So his billions are going to be against trillions. <laughs> that's what it's going to be, if you ask me. Because, uh, you know, a lot of people have been told since they were young, you got to support the ADL. They're protecting us. So even though, and here's the thing, Henrik, even though we do see some based right-wing Jews or something, they're outnumbered eight to ten, right, Sam? Is it? Uh, yeah, it's like eight to least. two, yeah. It's like yeah. 80, uh, the ADL enjoys about 80% political, uh, you know, 
crossover with American Jewry. And then you add to, to the ADL's ad, ad, advocacy for Israel. And so they're picking up a lot of Zionist Jews on the right. So the, yeah. the support for the ADL is well over 80% here in the United States amongst uh, amongst the American Jewry. Yeah. So, you know, what are Elon's chances? I don't know. You saw with the Iceland thing, there was no there was no direct threat in that letter that they sent to Iceland. Everybody knows how powerful the ADL is and what they can do to you. They don't even have to really, they don't have to sound threatening anymore. Right. So I, you know, what does Elon have on them? What have they said? What have they done? You know, is anything legally prosecutable? I don't know. But to Lucas's point, this is a massive win. This hashtag has been retweeted hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of times and they've tried to shut it down they can't stop it every day there's big twitter spaces every day he and i and other people are going podcasts are being filled with this topic they can't shut us all down because there's no one leader it's decentralized everybody's talking about it nobody likes it nobody likes being censored nobody likes being kicked out of their bank kicked off of their social media platforms nobody likes being told what they can or can't say you know uh, so this is a massive win. I want everybody listening to this, the hundreds of thousands of you who see the hashtag, keep shining your flashlight on this corrupt, evil organization and, you know, shine the sunlight on them. Get rid of the shadows. You know, let's let's eliminate the shadows that they're hiding in, right? Shine light everywhere. 100,000 flashlights and sunlights uh, pointed on these people. Don't give them anywhere to run anymore. The only way they can shut us all down as if they ban and deplatform all of us. And, you know, uh, they tried that. They tried doing that, and it's backfired on them. So, you know, this is a big win, but we got to keep pushing. We have to let Elon know that we have his back. I don't know what kind of chances he has, but I know that if we don't back him and don't get behind him, he has no chance. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm just showing you a slideshow of some of the uh, you know more powerful groups and stuff like that too. There's there's hundreds of them, and if it wasn't but the Hendrick, ADL, none of these are none of these are Jewish organizations. No, no, of course they don't represent all just Jews. leftists. Yeah. You know, yeah, Kazarian yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mafia Jews, uh, yeah. whatever whatever the script is out there. There's so many different uh, arguments that they're not the real Jews or whatever. Uh, if Ben now, Shapiro doesn't agree with them, then they're not a Jewish organization. There you go. Exactly. That's what it amounts to. <laughs> ben Ben Shapiro has to has to agree with them, otherwise they're not Jewish. And by the way, I want to say, I don't think Ben Shapiro, he's the number one voice of conservatism in the world, maybe. I don't think he's joined in on this ban on no. ban the ADL hashtag. He, he did mention something about the ADL. He's mentioned it on his podcast. But Recently, he has, yeah. uh, but I don't think he's banned. I don't think he put the hashtag. But up. he's been perfectly happy in the past number of years to quote statistics from the ADL to defend himself against, you know, uh, you know, he's like, I'm the number one, uh, I'm the number one target of anti-Semitism online, according to the ADL. He's out, he runs around, you know, using their statistics and he's perfectly content to enjoy their air cover, uh, against attacks against him. But now that it's inconvenient, uh, you know, to, to support them now he's distancing himself instead of, you know, being honest about it, you know, they're, they're a Jewish organization that I don't agree with anymore. Uh, he, he's trying to say, oh, they're not a Jewish organization. They have nothing to do with Jews. Well, that's just disingenuous, you know, and I'm going to call that out. Oh, absolutely. Uh, thank you for that, President Abunga. Uh, good question there to just get that point across there. Dog Whistler, uh, thank you for your donor as well. Says, uh, this all reminds me of that clip on the internet of uh, yeah, anti-racist Hitler, that's right, who showed what would happen if Israel had the policy advocated for other countries, yeah, Western countries. Yeah, that's uh, Tim Tim Murdoch did that, uh, anti-racist Hitler is a great one. I think it's up on YouTube, at it like a million times, but uh, I think uh, both Rumble and Odyssey has that if somebody wants to watch it. 
Sir, uh, Surf Hunter says, I watched a Ken Burns documentary that blamed the USA for the Holocaust for not saving them fast enough. Yeah, that's to your point, uh, Lucas, that you mentioned earlier, yes, right? Exactly. You, you didn't do, you know, a, a, like what? I mean, uh, this is even silly just to d enter a debate about this, but what? Like, this was long after the war that uh, much of this started being. There was nobody knew any nobody, of that stuff nobody, when right, it would happen. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Like, even if even if you go with the official narrative, right? exactly. No, yeah. of anything going on. It's not like everyone knew the Jews were being exterminated by this, you know, mechanism, this industrial extermination system. The, nobody. It's not like, oh, they're getting killed. We don't care. You know, we just they just knew the Germans were not happy with them or something that they didn't know. And nobody wanted them in their country. So you can say, well, that's whatever. But what you know, it, it's there. there there's no. But, escape. but what about the six million, Lucas? Yes. <laughs> <Look at that. laughs> yes, the six. That, that's that's kind of what we got right now. You it? know, what's interesting. I, I learned from a guy. His name is uh, he does. He's on Twitter. He, he's actually a Holocaust person who debunks Holocaust deniers. And I, I watched him. Uh, I think his name's Matt. And he said, actually, the official narrative is actually it's five. It's five point one million or five point six. It's not six million, but they rounded it up to six million, just so you know. So officially, it's not even literally six million. But they're like, well, you know, with genocides, they'll say Stalin killed thirty million or sixty, whatever the number. So you're still going to jail in certain countries if you if you don't say the number they rounded up. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's German especially, right? Yeah, even yeah, I mean let's play that then. That's a good uh, uh segue into that too. He talked about how he was very proud. I think I did I import that one? I think I did. Uh he's talking about how it's great that in Germany, right, you you're not allowed to uh question any of this stuff. Listen to this. Ultimately this is about and we could play some of these clips as well to, to underline that point of just how much they're going after the online discourse in of itself and controlling some of the big tech platforms. That's an important point. But let's begin with this because he mentions Amazon in here. Listen to this. You know, I don't feel like Amazon got much of that fire. So I'm going to tell you, we are working on that because you're pointing something out, DJ Envy, that's incredibly important. It's not. It's not just about what the people say, it's what the platform does. Mm -hmm. It's not just what Chappelle says, it's what SNL does or NBC does. Mm -hmm. It's not just about the what Kyrie tweets, it's about Amazon hosting it. Mm -hmm. So, look, we've launched a whole campaign against Amazon. We announced on Monday we're working with the German government because Holocaust denialism, and that movie is offensive in part because it says that white Jews invented the Holocaust, <laughs> that it didn't really happen. <laughs> Uh, that's not true. Which, uh, where to even begin? Let's not uh, tackle that. <laughs> I don't think I really should even need to. But Holocaust denialism is illegal in Germany. That movie is available on Amazon Germany. Mm. So we are now working with the German government because Amazon is breaking the law. Mm. I also had, uh, we, we worked with members of Congress had about three dozen members of Congress write a letter to CEO Andy Jassy and to the chairman Jeff Bezos. We're also uh, worked with all these different groups in the Jewish community to write a letter. We've sent tens of thousands of emails. So I'm not going to let up on Amazon. Not at all. And I was at a conference last week where Andy Jassy, CEO, said, you know what, it's a slippery slope if we take this down. I don't think so. Or at a minimum, maybe he doesn't want to take it down, and I think he should, he should put a disclaimer on it to say the kind of things in here are not true, and here's why they're problematic. And like, look, I've talked to Andy. I've talked to their leadership. We will help them with that. Again, the goal here is not to cancel. It's to counsel. 
Now you also didn't mention. Uh, <laughs> well, you're removing it. <laughs> Holy shit! Culture. What do you mean? You're removing it. Holy shit! Yeah. So anyway, there's that, that, there's two different things there. Why even ever follow up to that of him talking about Google and YouTube and all that stuff? But just the you know the the Holocaust stuff, right? That they've managed to pass laws now in certain countries that if you question some of the history, you could go to jail. Which is just, I mean, there's. You can question the Armenian genocide. You can question the Holodomor. You can question all these other atrocities. There's nothing like this. It. Nothing like I think, this. I think the ADL does not recognize the Armenian genocide. Am I correct? In fact, uh, a, a group of Jewish rabbis in Europe just recently wrote a letter uh, asking the Armenians to stop uh, comparing uh, or, to, or accusing the Armenians of exploiting the Armenian genocide for political gain. Oh, shit. I mean, that's almost where they, they accused the Armenians of exploiting the Armenian genocide for political <laughs> gain with a straight face. Oh, yeah, what yeah, is he yeah, saying? Yeah. Didn't you call it council culture? Was that you? <laughs> he called it council yeah, he culture. Said, he just said that. We're counseling. We're not canceling. No, no, no. But <laughs> As I we think, cancel. Did you not tweet council culture as a joke the other day? Someone tweeted it. I don't want to take credit for it. Someone yeah, it tweeted, wasn't me. I can't take credit for that either. council culture. Because that's really what Jonathan's saying here. It's a council. But think about it. Okay, so first of all, Andy Jaffe is a Jew, by the way. He's a, the new Jewish CEO of Amazon. But, like, you know, it's like... Here they are telling this company that is an online organ. It's online. There is no actually like you don't go to an Amazon store like Toys R Us. So it's like this online virtual world, you know. But yeah, they've gotten this to the point where even the online virtual world that we call the Internet has to be censored. And, you know, it's like you're not even in Germany physically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's like, here you go. You can't watch this either. But he's like, it's funny because here's the thing. He said, put a disclaimer on it. Right. Well, what happened when Jonathan Greenblatt celebrated the legacy of Leo Frank? You know what happened, Henrik? Community notes popped up. Uh, One time, he took it down. Hmm. It's gone. Put it up again. Gone again. Put it up again. Gone. Literally, I think it was four oh, or five yeah. times. I remember. That, I was. We were yeah, doing man. a show, and I was like refreshing as it was and happening, it was and it disappeared. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I remember that. So now. he's yeah. all about community yeah. notes uh, for you know Google or, yeah. or Amazon to put it on the thing, but yeah. himself. You know, spewing the lie that Leo Frank is innocent, yeah, and he's getting corrected. He and you know he's always shutting off his comments now. That yeah, he didn't used to do that. that. Now it's uh, he's being uh, hammered. It's, well, hard. he has to. It's, it's getting yeah. destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for a good time, go to one of Jonathan Greenblatt's old tweets and look under the hidden replies because he also he used to hide replies, and it's just you can see why they why they want to censor the internet because yeah. they can't they just can't they can't survive against uh you know reasonable opposition. And they have to hide it, ban it, censor it, because otherwise their grift just co will come to a quick end. That's right. And let me play those two clips to underline that, too, of him talking about this very fact of how they're working with the biggest uh, you know, tech platforms here. We work with Google on using AI to try to interrupt cyber hate before it happens. We work with YouTube to, have, we, to get them to change their algorithms. We work with Facebook on trying to use a redirect method. And then he said the same thing at uh, the Breakfast Club here, too, or similar thing here. So literally, we opened a center in Silicon Valley back in 2017. And the woman who runs it, she's an ex-Facebook executive. I have software engineers and data scientists working at ADL. We're monitoring all this stuff. And we're working with all the platforms, by the way. Google and YouTube and Meta and Twitter and Reddit <laughs> and Steam and Amazon. All these companies. Steam. From like Apple to Zoom, we work with all of them, okay? That's relevant because we've been working with Twitter now for real, since it was founded. We worked with the old regime, working with the new regime. Isn't this the kind of thing you'd be quiet about, but now it's just like <laughs> straight out in the open? Just yeah, like, you know, yeah, we're working on all of them. We're shutting it down, whatever we don't like. 
I'm so surprised they have not fired this guy. Like, bro, you are literally <laughs> obvious too much. You're saying too much. He's like, oh, yeah, we like he's a he's a walking trope. This guy. Yeah. He just said, you know, Jews don't control anything. They have no influence, and he just lists every major social media platform that he's working with. And if they don't do what he wants, they're they're destroyed. I mean, everyone puts two and two together. It's ridiculous that he's even saying that. Yeah. <laughs> these are flexes, Lucas. I mean, that's what I think these are. I think these are veiled flexes. Uh, it's a lot of hubris, uh, and I'll come back to that in a second, Indeed, the, hubris, the hubris yeah. on display here. Yep. But, you know, I want to also point out, this: if this is what he's comfortable talking about out in public and out in the open, what's going on in secret behind closed doors? Everybody, <laughs> everybody in this life knows that uh, your opinions and what you're doing behind closed doors is always different uh, or many times different than what you're willing to say in public. And so, you know, what, what, you know, he's willing to say that they have software engineers that are working with these companies to throttle free speech, you know, uh, but how deep does that go? How much collusion and coordination is there? I don't know. Now, back to this hubris thing. Uh, it, it is his hubris that really has, uh, I think, is the, is the main kindling, fueling this raging wildfire ban the ADL on Twitter. Uh, because, uh, it, you know, all year there's been criticism, a trickle of criticism uh, on Twitter, uh, Twitter X for the ADL. But it wasn't until August 31st when he tweeted out his meeting with Linda Yaccarino that, like, I had a frank discussion with Linda. And, well, and, and I'm just, you know, paraphrasing, but, you know, basically we told her what we like and what we don't like and how they can be better. And we're going to, you know, we're going to basically keep working with you until you do what we say. That's basically what his tweet said. And it triggered a lot of people because the the just the the gall, the hubris on display in this tweet right here, uh, like as if he owns the place, just like a mafioso walking into your restaurant, like he owns the place. And and that's what r really rubbed people wrong. And this right here was the spark that it, you yeah. know that that got Keith to launch the ban the hashtag. Uh, or ban the ADL hashtag that absolutely exploded amongst the grassroots, just exploded. And it, why? Because of this guy's uh, abuse of power and hubris. I got I yeah. to add something before I forget, guys. So speaking of like using Google and stuff like this, we had Andrew Torba come on our spaces several times, the mm -hmm. ones me and Keith did ourselves. And then also he came on the bigger space explaining to Mario Nafal, the guy who runs the bigger spaces, how he's personally targeted by the ADL. So when you search him, they pay yeah, Google. I was going to mention algorithm. that. Yeah. You're going to yeah. mention, go ahead, go into that. You know, the details. Well, I, just yeah, know that they're I was going to pull it up on his, uh, gab here, actually, yeah, but I, yeah, I yeah. saw some of the posts earlier today. Yeah. Let me see if I can find it here. He gaps uh, quite a bit, but, uh, uh, yeah, here it is right here. Here's the post. Yeah. Check this out guys here. <clears throat> so if you Google, uh, Andrew Torba, uh, the ADL has a paid, a promotion, right? It's a promotion, sponsored link. That's what it says right there. They sponsored that to, to point it towards Andrew Torba's, uh, you know, hit piece, uh, basically on the ADL website. Uh, and he says here, uh, yeah, the ADL has Google in the back pocket too. When you search my name on Google, what appears? A paid ad by the ADL at the top, the very same article as the top organic results of the ADL's Instagram with a post about me. Nowhere can be found, and he kind of uh, you know, litigates basically what they actually do <laughs> and what he represents as opposed to that. But this is how they do it. This is why money matters. This is why influence and power matters. This is how you control narratives and all that stuff. But, you know, and we can talk more about this, but could, to go back to Sam's point a little bit there too, this they're not thinking long term about this. I think they think we have a window of opportunity now to basically like try to control everything. And this discussion can even go into artificial intelligence. I saw a tweet from Greenblatt 
probably a couple of months ago now, how we have to make sure that AI kind of helps to to fight anti-Semitism, that there's not like you know, anything wrong thing coming out through uh, generative artificial intelligence and all these kinds of things. But they're a little bit of an opportunity, window of opportunity to, to, to try to control everything. But long term, this is not going to work. And I think we're beginning to see that right now. We're seeing how unpopular this is, despite all the censorship, despite, despite all the bannings, despite throttling people, shadow banning them, whatever. They cannot keep the lid on this and it will get out in some kind of capacity. And when they're found out and the anger that people then continuously will come back to these type of topics to 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 expose you cannot win and so this is not very smart long-term uh, guys no and i and i do want to uh, give a plug for gab gab is wonderful it's it's a true free speech platform any legal speech no porn uh, you can find me on there i don't know if lucas is back on there he used to be on there but you can find me under there on sam parker senate uh you know go go give me a follow if you want guys but uh go follow andrew go follow him on twitter go follow him on gab open up a gab account I like to say that Twitter is our battleground. That's where the battle's being fought is on Twitter. But Gab is is a refuge, right? It's our refuge uh, where we can go and be safe in our speech and know that we're not going to be deplatformed uh, off of Gab for expressing whatever opinion you happen to have. It's it's uh, and listen, you can find anything you want on Gab. You can find carnivores, you know, farming, you know, raising chickens, uh, you know, art, history, you know, guns, you know, what, whatever your pleasure is. Uh, you can go find that. You can you can curate your own feed on Gab. You can you know on Twitter you can't curate your own feed. You just basically are stuck with whatever Twitter feeds you. But on on Gab you can create your own feeds. So you can create multiple feeds. You can use somebody else's feed that they've built. You can belong to groups. It's a, it's a wonderful platform. I want to give a big props to Andrew Torba who was who was deplatformed and responded by having to spend several years building his own platform for free speech. He's a champion. Go support him. Uh, believe in it, and then you know, and get on Twitter too. If you if you aren't, and fight the battle. That's where the battle is, and Gab's our refuge. Remember when they said uh, build your own platform? Yeah. And then somebody did, and then they like right. oh, we got to shut it down. <laughs> we now can't. We, shut we that can't down have that. Too. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they've tried. They haven't succeeded. I'm glad with that. But I mean, he, he's not on the big app stores or anything like that. There's works around for that too. Uh, we should mention, but it's this clear. Uh, embargo, right, on, on information or access or whatever, like, you know, you can't read that. You can't. It's so it's so ridiculous. Let me just read a couple of these here uh, real quick, guys, and we can get back on the point here. Uh, Michael 57 DE says, uh, hail Henrik, hail Angelo, which is Lucas, uh, hail Arvoke, and hail the gods. Lucas, good to see you uh, on with Henrik. Uh, was sad a while back when you dropped out of the nationalism scene, but glad you found another way to bring positivity and uh, good to uh, get the word out in another way. Semper Fi, brother. He says for you there. Thank you. Uh, we have, uh, what do we have here as well? Uh, this is great to use him. Dorktron 510. Uh, say the ADL does get banned, then what? Also, uh, that Elon hasn't, ha uh, hasn't done it already means he probably won't. It's possible. We don't know. Uh, there was, a, I showed it on screen earlier and I didn't mention it, but uh, X filed a First Amendment lawsuit against California, AB 578. I'm not sure, but is that the filing number or something? Uh, as made clear by both the legislative history and public court submissions from the Attorney General in defending the law, the true intent of AB 5587 is to pressure social media platforms to eliminate certain constitutionally protected content viewed by the state as problematic, which is, which is good. He's gone after the uh, count Center for Countering Digital Hate, I believe. He filed a lawsuit against that. 
Uh, maybe there was one more. I'm not sure about that. This is from today here, and the court uh, record is, is here. Uh, Ex-Corp uh, plaintiff versus Roberta A. Bonta, Attorney General of California. Uh, we'll see if they go anywhere. That, that's really the end result. But the point here, too, it's, it's someone said, well, it's a multi-headed Hydra, you know, kind of thing. Like, if, if they take down the ADL, something else just will pop up. Yeah, but read the story about a Hydra. What, what does, uh, it was a Hercules brings uh, one of his uh, buddies, right, or his nephew or something, and he holds a torch under the uh, head so he can't grow back. <laughs> Meaning, internal, eternal vigilance, right? We have, we can't just like, oh, we... Oh, we've de- we've won. De- we defeated this one thing or whatever. No, it's it's us. It's responsibility. We have to keep at it all the time. Like never drop, never relax. Essentially, I guess that's just to use the meme, right? Never relax. That's the uh, attitude that we have to adopt. What do you guys uh, think? Yeah, I mean, look, Jonathan Greenblatt's saying he's not going to, you know, stop anything. He's going to keep going. He's not scared of anything because he knows he has way more power that he's putting on. But they're not going to stop. They're very persistent in the ways that will, even if the, well, Elon said he would not ban the ADL from the platform unless they do something unlawful to the platform. We're all like extortion, you know, we're saying, hey, they're already criminals, but uh, he's not going to ban them. But uh, I I would like to see him kick them off the board of advice, whatever board they're on. Uh, in regards to the yeah. lawsuit, like I said, I don't know how far it will go, but I think it's does it. I, this awareness is probably even better than the lawsuit. And again, yeah. if, even if the ADL was taken yeah. down, there's still thousands of other groups like the ADL. So yeah. it's not over yet, folks. Uh, people are saying we got to do APAC next. I'm like, whoa, chill out, man. One thing at a time. We haven't even done this yet. You want to APAC right now? Like, come on. So it's like, relax, no, it's true. Guys. Stay focused. Do one yeah. at a time. Exactly. Just all aim all your. Uh, you know, proverbial dominoes. guns in one direction, you know, it's, dominoes, it's the yeah. dominoes, you know, knock down the, we got to knock down a domino. We need to get a victory under our belt, not your victory. And that sets a precedent yeah, that sets a precedent exactly. for any legal suits in the future. You know, if he does, if he does sue them or file some sort of suit against them and win, that sets a precedent for future lawsuits against other organizations, you know, and, and also just out in the, the battle of uh, the social and uh, the battle of the social sphere. You know, winning the opinion of the public. If we win this opinion of the public, then that will carry over against uh, the same battle against these other organizations. At the end of the day, we got to support this. We got to support Elon, and we got to support the advertisers and businesses who are afraid of the ADL as well, and who just yeah. you know they don't they don't care one way or the other. They just want to make money. And they're tired of being shaken down too. We got to support them as well. Even if you have questions about Elon Musk or what he's going to turn X into, or the Everything okay. app, or the ties to the World Economic Forum, or global credit scores, sure. or carbon credits, and brain implant, whatever it is, like that, that, you can throw that to the side and just say, well, obviously this is a net positive for people that are concerned not only about the free speech for the sake of free speech, but but, but to be able to use free speech to organize, to help to wake up our people to fight back. Right? These are essential things we must have if we don't have that we don't have much else and you can do things IRL and all that stuff but look it's just a fact like mass communicating and reaching new people uh, on, on the digital sphere uh, sphere is, is much more uh, powerful uh, or at least in terms of like how many you can reach right you can be, you can have a very powerful interaction with somebody one-on-one but in these times that's just too slow right we need to mass communicate uh, spiteful mutants here over on Odyssey says uh, Henrik get mad brother well, sometimes I do, but most parts I, I bomb internally, as they, as they say. Thank you. Appreciate that. Archie, uh, a few years ago, Germany losing their laws to capture uh, capture even people that made bullet markers. Really? This week, Germany started prosecuting another camp guard for accessory to murder. He's 98 years old. He was a juvenile because he didn't let uh, prisoners escape. He is guilty. I've, I can't tell you how many of these I've seen over the years. 
this is from September it's the 1st. same kind of grift, man. Like, you know, whether you believe the Holocaust happened in whatever capacity, that's the thing. I just don't even argue this anymore. I say, whatever you believe, you know, you're arresting like type typists or something. Oh, she could have done yeah. something. Like they're just they're just still going on and just arresting 95 year olds and eight grandmas and stuff like that. It's like, really? Like, come on, isn't that disgraceful? You got the bad, you killed all the bad ones, right? You killed the big ones. They hung themselves, whatever they could. Now you're going after people who were just doing their job. Oh, well, they shouldn't have done it. Well, what about the Soviets? Let's see them get arrested, right? Where, where's the Soviet hunters and all the people they've, oh, they're all in Congress. They're all, they're all in the, all the Trotskyites or neocons. Oh, okay. Let's, uh, yeah. you know, that, that's the, that's another double standard. You know, and what, what was the thing on the uh, state.gov is, you know, do not expect Israel don't put on double standards in Israel. You don't expect other countries, something like this. Well, what about, they don't do any, like, they don't, all the other countries have to do what they want at our expense. And when it comes to things like this, Germany has to deal with all this forever. It's never going to let it go. Yeah. They you said know? it was going to elapse right hundred years after, like, so 2045 or something like that. That's never going to happen. I'm just showing one screenshot here of like how many, 714 million uh, US dollars were, were paid, right? Uh, from 1953 to 1955. Uh, uh, over the next four uh, years, 14 years, sorry, I, I have a thing in the way here, 450 million marks, I can look at this screen instead, uh, were paid to the World Jewish Congress. This is a, a lot, a lot of money here. The U.S. aid to Israel, which you can, well, that's Israel, this is a state, but, you know, you could you could kind of, since they all defend each other, they operate as one unit, essentially, right, since they're all uh, in, the, in the same um, bracket here. There's so much money. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars flying around here year to year, uh, and that's why they got to keep this pressure up, right? That's why they. That's why you see these news headlines. Oh, another. There we go. Another Nazi who was found guilty, and and uh, you know we we imprisoned him at 98 years old. Uh, it's I mean, a travesty. Accessory to murder. That could literally be all of Germany, technically. Anybody. Every, uh, well, I'm sure they'd be quite happy to go after all of Germany, you know? <laughs> yeah. perhaps. You know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, one will. in four. Hey, one in four Europeans is anti-Semitic. So maybe not all of Germany, but at least 25 percent of Germany. Right. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, again, that's why I think they've uh, flooded many of our countries with uh, refugees and asylum seekers and promoted immigration. And it's about an ethnic uh, displacement, a replacement. Uh, and all these things are, are you can't separate one from the other. That's what I feel. And then you have things like this that are used against us, as I said before, like, well, you, you're, you're guilty. You can't do that. Um, okay, so let's see here. I, let's talk about this a little bit. I, I feel this is an important aspect. I want to talk about the tie between uh, the ADL and the FBI, right? Law enforcement overall. Let me pull in this tweet here. Uh, here's uh, Kyle here, uh, based in Arizona, I think. I gathered property records for the 19 different states that the ADL has a regional office established. The report reveals that the state of in the state of Connecticut, the ADL shares an office space with the FBI. They also share an office space with the United Nations in New York, right? So you can say, oh, this is just Connecticut kind of thing, right? Well, there's more to it than that. They have their own you know, law enforcement training program with the ADL as well. Uh, due to this partnership, this is on the ADL website here, every FBI visit, uh, FBI visit, Right, let me take that again. Due to this partnership, every FBI agent visits the United States Holocaust Memorial uh, Museum to learn about abuse of power and goes through <laughs> ADL law enforcement training. And this is there, there's others here, right? Again, this is uh, how they work with law enforcement. Uh, our impact is 130,000 law enforcement professionals have participated in law enforcement and society lessons of the Holocaust since its inception in 1992. Nine. All the 
uh, new FBI agents must participate in this program as part of their training. Now, let me underline this by playing the clip where, uh, oh, where is that? Um, oh, did I not bring that in? Okay, we get we have to play that. I will bring it in. Uh, it's basically Jonathan talking about uh, his involvement with the FBI, how, how they were. Oh, I have it as a tweet. That's right. Let me let me go back here. Sorry, I'm a little. Is that the clip with Christopher Ray? Yes, the, exactly. That's yeah. the one I'm looking for. Let me find that here. Uh, While you're looking for that, I'll I I'll just note that their current vice president of security and law enforcement is Rusty Rosenthal, who spent 25 years with the F FBI, including 11 years in Israel. Ah, shit. There you go. Yeah. See? Yeah, here's the clip. Check this out, guys. Uh, they work directly with the FBI. Listen to this here. The one dot that maybe one of your members has is brought forward with the one dot that we might have so that we can disrupt the attack. So the eyes and ears part is huge. Well, I know many of us, you know, we look at the IMA bombing in uh, Argentina or even the bombing in Oklahoma City. We worry about this lone threat, whether it's Iranian sleeper agents or domestic extremists. And when we've had so many tip um, issues on a day-to-day -day basis, it is the FBI that works directly with the ADL every day. And we could not do our job if you will, of fighting anti-Semitism without them doing their job of protecting our community. So, Director Ray, we are we are in your, we, we really, really have the deepest appreciation for you and all of your professionals. Thank you for the work that you do. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. Looks like a pretty uh, cozy relationship there, huh, guys? Holy shit. Yeah, they couldn't do like... their job if the FBI didn't do its job. I mean, what kind of framing, what kind of, who's working for who here? Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. I, I feel that the, the power is coming from Johnny in that conversation. Yeah, like, exactly. He, the other guy's like, yeah, you know. Look at his just, body language there. I'm looking yeah. over hunched over. You know? yeah. <laughs> Ray doesn't look very, uh, <clears throat> no, he's beaten down. Just a but, small, but just a small is, NGO, man. Just small. Yeah, exactly. Just a local here in New York. Uh, nothing, you know. This maybe is, we could open up an office uh, in Connecticut next to the FBI, and, and maybe we could start training some agents ourselves. That's right, can, exactly. Uh, talking about how bullshit are. white supremacy is, right? Because, again, yeah. I mean, let, let me tie together here the three headlines right next to each other uh, bombshell adl caught caught falsifying statistics to frame white americans and of course here's christopher ray speaking at the uh, adl never is now event back in november uh, of 2022 uh, next one busted inside the fbi leadership efforts to vilify white americans by padding domestic terrorism statistics and of course that goes to that point uh, either one of you mentioned earlier i think it was lucas um Oh, actually, Sam, you mentioned it too, right? If there if there's not enough supply, um, you you create it yourself, right? You 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 manif you manifest it, you prop up the number, uh, you do what they did during COVID, you fake this, you do whatever you need to do, and then you start you can start framing people, and you can go after them legally, even for whether it's legal speech. Uh, no one has broken the law, but you still can silence them, you can shut them down, you can debank them. Uh, these people, some of them, they contact people's uh landlords if they have those they go after employers all kinds of things uh this needs to stop there's there's nothing else to say about it this shit needs to stop i want people to think about you know since the adl has been involved with training the fbi uh, over time like let's just use the last 10 years because they've doing it, been doing it for at least 10 years uh, raise your hand if you think the FBI is, is working better now than it was 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Like the every day is a new travesty from the is a new travesty from the FBI. I'm thinking of, you know, let's just use one example, Bubba Wallace. When they brought what was it 13 or 15 or 20 agents 
to come, you know, investigate the allegation that somebody had left a noose in Bubba Wallace's, you know, uh, gar uh, garage. And it turned out it was just the garage door loop handle. Uh, you know, 20 agents or 13 agents, however many it was. And all that hoopla about that, you know, all the uproar. How much of that was, be, you know, was as the result of this this gaslighting training by the ADL in the background? Like every agent's like on notice that like, hey, I got to. I got to go investigate this stuff and take it seriously or else the ADL is going to be breathing down my back and have my badge. I mean, what kind of, what kind of pressure are the agents feeling? Yeah. You know? Yep. So everything, you know, uh, uh, that the ADL is touching now, it's just, you know, anti-Semitism. They're supposed to stop anti-Semitism and fight anti-Semitism, but yet by their own admission, the anti-Semitism stats are rising. So, so it looks like a very ineffective organization. The FBI's turn into crap, you know, <laughs> and, so what are they doing? You yeah. know, yeah. I actually I have a, a thing here, uh, an article that I looked into, and I actually posted it in one of the things. Um, basically, saying that it revealed ADL's U.S. Uh, U.S. Israel police exchanges militarized militarized the police. So our police are taking their tactics, how they treat the Palestinians, and bringing it home. And we're seeing that. And I highlighted this thing here. It says documents detailed how the ADL, one of the main facilitators of police exchange between U.S. and Israel, was forced to acknowledge that its exchange program helped militarize the U.S. police and harm communities of color. So you, know, you want to protect my marginalized people of color. That's what they say on their website. Yet you're bringing these police in that are doing things that are hurting people. And then one guy said this, one person who was training, he goes, the article's quote, a California county sheriff who went up went to Israel for ADL training in 2017 discussing how Israeli officers used force during arrest. And he says, I quote, we'd be in jail if we did something like that here. So the ADL eventually paused its training and said, maybe we'll start it later again, but it hasn't been doing it since. So that's the aggression that we're seeing coming uh, from these police that train in Israel and then come here. They're basically going to a war zone, getting militarized, coming back and getting all this equipment to police state us and then you know people get shot when they shouldn't be shot things going on so you know i'm not saying that people don't resist arrest but there are times where they just shoot like you know daniel shaver got shot following orders you know but the one guy was sitting in his car the one black guy he didn't do anything got shot by the asian cop because he was asian it's not white supremacy right so the news didn't post it but these cops are more trigger happy than ever due to training like this in my opinion yeah i mean just speaking about the incompetence of like fbi and stuff like that do you remember the um just how it gotten worse. I mean, there's so many of these cases, right? Here's another headline. This one, actually. Uh, FBI informants committed over 9,000 crimes in early Trump years. And, of course, that's just escalated their bias, of course, despite the fact that they say, no, there's no, there's no bias. Inspector General's report proves no bias, no political bias among the <laughs> FBI. But remember the... Um, Larry Nassar, right? FBI agent yep. fired for failing to properly investigate Larry Nassar. And it gets worse. It was not only that. First of all, when these women from the or girls, really, from the gymnastics, U.S. Olympic gymnastics team approached law enforcement, and of course, FBI was involved in that process at some point, they not only failed to do something about it, one of the agents that were slated to investigate this asked to go work for Larry Nassar. He's like, really, you're diddling uh, little girls here? Right? You've got an opening? <laughs> I'm ready to join. I mean, holy shit, like they should just focus internally on themselves. And and I mean, I'm not even sure it can be rescued at this point. But the, but the point being, yeah. bringing it back to the ADL here of like them being hounded around by the ADL of, of them telling them, oh, you should go after these people we don't like, this group we think are, are bad, or, or you should uh, investigate them, or you should, uh, who knows, harass them. Look at what happened to the, what was it, 70-something-year-old guy 
forget which state it was now, right? But he was he had made some dumb posts online. It was a boomer, right? I forget it. Robert something. Was this the guy in Utah that the FBI raided and, and, and ended up shot him. him in his own house? He yeah. they dragged out the body. He was like bleeding out, still alive under like a tarp for like two hours or something. And they could actually have done something. It was a, it was a just one recent example of the travesty of, of how bad this organization has become. And, you know, that guy had been on their radar. They'd visited him in the past. They knew about him. They knew what he was about. They knew what guns he had. You know, they, they didn't, uh, there was no, there was no reason for what happened. Now, did he post some stupid stuff online? Yeah, he, he did. And I don't advocate po uh, Fed posting or no, posting but, stupid but stuff But part online. of that is, is yeah. it a credible threat to, right? He had threatened Biden. Yeah. He was like 40 miles away. He was on a walker. He couldn't even walk. Like, this guy's not going to go anywhere. He was still in his house 6 a.m. in the morning when they showed up. Obviously, this is a boomer who's just like Fed posting. This is not a real danger. Uh, they were yeah. making an example of him or yes. gross incompetence at the very least you, you you visited him before you know who he is you know you know what the threat layout the threat assessment situation is you had the element of surprise there's just no way that that should have ended in bloodshed unless that's what they wanted that's right absolutely right all right guys uh holy smokes with the two hour uh, mark here thank you so much to both of you for joining us this has been great of course this com conversation and this uh Discussion will continue. Actually, let me do uh, last one. Here's one uh, uh, for you, Lucas, here, too. Uh, <laughs> is a, I'm not sure if he's shitting on you or what. Hey, is Lucas Jewish? I saw a tweet from him about it. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Just curious. Great show as always. Thank you. Well, you're, you're Italian roots, right? <laughs> yeah, so when people, there's a lot of spurgs when they say like, oh, bro, you, why are you still, I go, I'm Jewish, or I'll say I'm Mossad. I'll literally just play into their paranoia. So then, you know, people scream. I still love that. I didn't it. delete it. Yeah, no, I didn't delete it. it. I, I actually posted like, here's me at my, at my bris. Here's my, <laughs> I just make jokes. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Because at this point, you know, if you think everyone's controlled opposition, you're that parent. And I understand there are people who are feds, they exist. But, you know, if you think that about me, I don't really care if you follow me. And you can tell your friends that I am. But, yeah, I, I just fight back. One guy said, uh, why aren't you posting this thing for me? I said, I'm Mossad. Of course. <laughs> I just don't care. I don't care. Whatever. Who are these people? So that was another thing why I left the movement or whatever, the Internet, because it was driving me crazy. All these people are paranoid. And I literally had a break. Where did my gab go, Sam? I had, I had a gab at 4,000 plus followers. And I just snapped one day. I'm done with all this. I literally had like a midlife crisis. I was 38. I was like, I'm just so done with all these people and all this. I just can't take You got to take breaks. Yeah. If no, I, you know what? I never took a break ever. That was the problem. That is a problem. Yeah. No, but anyway, yeah. So, yeah, yep. I, I am I am Jewish now, if that's what you want. I'm throwing out the beard. I'm trying to become Jewish right here. I just, you, you know, I you need look a hat. like a rabbi. Rabbi Sam. Uh, you know? Rabbi Sam. That's right. No, yeah. but I, I like I, the listen, beard, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I post. I posted my DNA out there. It's it's ninety nine point two percent Italian, and then like point seven percent Levantine, which is either Jordanian, Syrian, or uh, uh, what was the other one? Um, not Egyptian, some other thing. But anyway, I, that's probably. All right, why I like uh, we gotta hang up. Good to see you. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's like point seven. So whatever. All right, guys. Uh, I want to give you a chance to uh, plug some of your stuff here at the end as well. Lucas, let's begin with you. Then, where can uh, people find you? Yeah, so you can go to my Twitter. That's where I'm at. You know, I don't. I have a Rumble, but I barely use it. Upon I can use it anymore. I just put everything on X. So Lucas underscore Gage underscore. Uh, there's a link tree there. There's my website LucasGage.com. I do have a book. I refined it. Uh, it's pretty good. I just sold one to someone in Nova Scotia, Canada. The damn shipping was like twenty three freaking dollars. Felt bad for it, but he wanted it. I was like, all right, people like the book. It's pretty good. It was on Amazon. 
And uh, unfortunately, I pissed off the NAFO bots, you know, the trolls, Henrik. I'm sure. Oh, you're aware I of saw them. some of that. Yeah. And Holy dude, shit. they went on my, they went on my, they started putting one star reviews, all of them. I have five star, all verified people, like taking pictures with the book, all the good. They put one star, one uh, the fakest review. And I said to Amazon, and they didn't take it down. So, you know what? I'll just pull the book off Amazon. So I did. So I, I sell, I make more money now through my website. There it's a little go. more expensive, but yeah. So there's my book if you guys want to get it. You know, everyone loves it who's bought it. Uh, and that's pretty it. Just just go. I'm on Twitter. That's I'm on X. Sorry to I'm dead X. Name. Yeah, you're dead I'm naming here now. Yeah. Yeah. So there's Holy my uh, link tree. It's just if you want to support. I mean, I don't care if people donate or not, but uh, that's my link tree for my website and everything. Cool. And, and you email me. I will respond to you. You know, my Twitter X doesn't I don't have my messages open because I don't want to be spanned by people. But if you email me, I will respond to you. I, I like to respond to people on emails. But yeah, I'm on X for the most part. That's where you'll find me. Good. Sam, let's do some of your links. Yeah, listen, my principal uh, place of battle right now is also Twitter uh, at Sam Parker Senate. But if you follow that link bio, uh, Sam Parker Senate link right there, it'll take you to all my other socials, uh, Gab, uh, YouTube, Telegram. Uh, I had an Instagram. I don't know if it's still linked on there. It it, it doesn't allow me to, uh, Instagram doesn't let me get on there anymore. I can visit my own page, but it doesn't let me post stuff anymore. I don't know why I haven't been able to fix it. So you can see my old content on there, but yeah, find me on Gab, Sam Parker Senate, Telegram, Sam Parker Senate. Uh, you can uh, find old, old, my old Senate campaign videos and some other content on YouTube. There's my Gab. I'm quite active on Gab. I, tr I maintain a presence on there and a growing community on there. So, but, uh, but, you know, Twitter's where I do my main battle. And then, and then, uh, I try to, I try to create a lot of synergy between my gab and my Twitter following. So, you know, uh, go support gab guys. It's free speech. Very good. All right. Uh, last one here. I think Hex, uh, Hexagod podcast says, ah, this guy is Lucas Gage. Nice. He's based. There you go. Uh, of course he is. We only bring on based people on this show. Uh, all right. I think we're good. I'm going to do a little bit of an outro wrap up guys. So I'll let you guys go. Thank you to both of you. Again Thanks for, for having me on. on Henrik. I loved it. Of course. Thank you very much, man. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you guys. I really appreciate your time. Uh, let's do it again soon. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good pressure and we'll see you guys later. Take care. Man. Take care. All right, guys. Thank you. Ban the ADL. <laughs> That's right. Keep it up. All right, boys and girls, thank you so much again for joining us today. We appreciate you. If you do want to support Red Ice, redicemembers.com, subscribestar.com forward slash redice, odyssey.com slash at Red Ice TV. It's only 10 bucks a month. If you want to get it cheaper, get a longer one. You get a discount that way. It's only 10 bucks a month. Most people won't notice, uh, frankly, if that's something missing from their bank account each month, but it will do tremendous amounts for us. So please do consider it. Over there, of course, we have uh, some of the best stuff that we do. Western Warrior. We do a second hour of many of the interviews. Our shows, uh, our interview shows in full, you can get there. Uh, we have other exclusive content for you there as well. Uh, so check that out. Again, redicemembers.com. Also, I want to say thank you to our executive producers today. T. Lothrop Stoddard, V. Miller. We got Resin Revolt, Good Luck Lap, Jake, Red Pill Rundown, French 47, Mark Smith, No One Jeebs, President Obunga, Mongoose, good to see some of you guys in chat as well. William Fox, we have Angry White Soccer Mom, The Second Wanderer, Operation Werewolf, The Ride Never Ends, Francis Parker Yaki, Dilbob, Last Place Simp, Joseph Hart, and Purple Haze. Our producers is Mr. Walker696, Yuan Son, Leroy Dumond, Snark Pup, Eyes Open, Mr. Lemry, Yuri New, Obadiah Hexwell, Perfect Brute, Single Action Army, and Kami Combo deal thank you so much everybody we appreciate you if you do want to get one of those we do want to continue to grow and expand red ice uh, so get one of those tiers if you can if you're able producer or executive producer you can do that at the same places that we plugged before for you guys there so odyssey 
or Subscribestar or, of course, at RedIceMembers.com. All right, so we're going to be back with uh, Western Warrior here next. So that'll be a, a good show as usually. Don't miss that. We just put up a show uh, with Stephen McNallan. If you're into that, check out the second part over on the members' website or on Odyssey as well. Uh, we have more of the pipeline. Lon, I just did an interview with... Um, uh, what was his name? Mike, Michael O'Keefe, that's right, over from Ireland, talking about that situation right there. They're being flooded and uh, replaced at record levels over there, too. So an in-depth show on that's coming up. And, of course, then we have more after that. But uh, thank you, guys. Thank you so much again. Let me double-check one more time that we got and covered everybody so we don't miss any Super Chats like we did last week. All right, boys and girls, stay white-pilled. Keep fighting. Stay courageous. Push back again on all of this stuff. And if you can, have more white babies. We'll see you next time. Thank you for watching. Go to RedIceMembers.com and sign up for our exclusive members content. Don't miss our latest shows, interviews, and other videos only for subscribers. You can also become a member by signing up at Subscribestar.com forward slash RedIce. Get full access and help support our work. See you on the other side.